0: parenthood pals i'm caleb Boyer,
1: and i'm melissa fight johnson
0: i'm trying a new inflection today <laughs> i noticed that you did let us know in the comments <laughs> if you like it
1: <laughs> we're so loopy
0: i am a little loopy i think it's me because i'm so happy to have Aww. back a blast from the past Aww. from the parenthood pals past mm-hmm. eric como Hey. Welcome, Welcome back, back, Eric. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm happy. So yeah. It has been way too long. Yeah. Eric ridiculous. was our second guest ever. Ever. Oh, is that what it was? It was the second. You were our second guest oh my on gosh. episode 104. What's up? I am honored. Honored. Wow. And you know, Eric, last week our guest was Stephanie Corvino. Oh. Who was like the third leg of my parenthood nyu triumvirate <laughs> yes along with you oh. yeah. so it feels fitting
2: yeah that we're having you back now how have you been life has been great you know we are just like making our way out of the long winter of minnesota winter <laughs> uh. people are just itching for upper 40s we will take anything <laughs> at this
1: point oh man
2: um, and it's oh. it's great we're like we're really close so everything is good and uh
0: just a reminder to our listeners that eric and his husband aaron live in peter krause's hometown of roseville minnesota yes <laughs>
1: That's so cool.
2: How are you and Aaron? We're great. Yeah, we're building a house that's not too far from Roseville. And Mm -hmm. we're going through all the all the stages of like this is inflated and that's inflated and
1: Bunch of inflated stations. Lots of inflation (laughs) talk these days. I'm Uh, assuming you mean
0: price and you're not building a bounce house.
2: (laughs) We may. I think
0: that
1: would be
2: cheaper. It's possibly all we can afford. Oh my
1: gosh. (laughs) What made you want to build? I'm just curious. I think like
2: the impetus to do this was just like, we love home design. We love sort of curating our space and, the previous owners of our home in Roseville that we bought a few years ago, they did such a great job that we have very little to do ourselves. (laughs) And so um, we kind of like wanted to start from the ground up and it's an opportunity to just do something now while we're young. And it's kind of a dream to be able to, to do it. Neither one of us have ever lived in a new home ever in our lives so it would just be like a fun experience
1: i love that i think that's awesome
2: it's a
0: shame you can't buy zeke and camille's house oh my god apparently a handyman special
2: you'd have lots to fix (laughs) yeah what's the deal with that yeah her wanting wanting to move out of that house it's so
1: perfect but
2: has she never seen the opening credits to parenthood (laughs) (laughs) Show her
0: that, and I think your problem solves. You're
1: in, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad
2: everything's going good.
1: Yeah, Yeah. lovely to have you back. I'm very excited. Great to be back, and it was great
2: to like also enter into the parenthood world again after many years of not seeing parenthood. I remember this feeling when we did our first episode together of just like remembering these characters and why we love this show, and you know. There I was again, just (laughs) crying my eyes out. (laughs) Yay. Feels like like, coming home. (laughs) You know, like when I when I watch Coda, I'm like, is it because I'm older that I'm crying this much? And then I watch Parenthood and I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's just it's good. It's who it's I am. It's television. It's yes. who I am. It's been with me since
1: day one. <laughs> I came into the world crying. Exactly. i have <laughs> <laughs> always been an emotional wreck. Oh, well, join us here. That's, yeah, us it's too. Great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: let's all dive in again. Yes. Let's do it. This week, we are diving into Parenthood Season 5, Episode 6, The M Word. It was written by Julia Brownell, directed by James Ponsoldt, it originally aired on October 31st, 2013. Oh. That was my um, Halloween evil.
1: That's so weird how it's not a Halloween episode at all. Okay. Yeah.
0: There's a few allusions Ooh, to
1: Oh, I missed those. But, they went oh, right over my candy, head. The candy. The candy bowl. Oh.
0: Yeah. And like Sydney has a funny line, which I'm actually going to play later. And <laughs> there are some decorations up. Damn in the it. background of a few scenes. Damn it, I missed but all anyway, of it. anyway, here is the TV guide synopsis. Here's what was going on besides Halloween. Yes. Sarah and Amber deal with wedding problems. Julia and Joel try to keep things together. Christina and Adam enlist help for the campaign. Jasmine assists Crosby and the band. And Zeke gives in to Camille's wishes. So this episode was called The M Word. And I didn't remember what happened right away. So I'm thinking, what's... What's the M word? What is the M word going to be? Is it murder? Fucker? Is it murder? Is it? I'm like, what are dirty M words? Meconium? I don't know. No, it's minivan.
1: Oh, it's minivan. I thought it was marriage. Like even oh, just I thought until... it was
0: marriage too.
1: Oh. oh. I thought it
0: was minivan. But you know, I came up with a lot of M words. So as we go, <laughs> we'll go through a little catalog.
1: Maybe it's marriage so... and minivans.
0: Maybe it works on I mean, multiple it, levels. Multiple maybe it has multiple meanings, meanings. man. <laughs> well, let's start with minivan. <laughs> Ugh. So at first, I did not understand what problem Jasmine was having at the beginning oh. that a minivan would solve. <laughs> really? But I think on my second watch, I understood. Is it that the car is so small and the car seat is so big that she has to like jostle it out and in doing so, would wake the baby.
1: It's Also, it's a two-door. So, like, to get her out, she can't just, like, get her straight out. She'd have to, like, reach in and, like, pull her around. That's what I thought. And that would wake Aida up? I think so. Like...
0: Okay. At first, I didn't get... I was like... I just went I with there's that. there's a lot of reasons why a family would want a minivan, but I'm unclear how it would solve the exact problem Jasmine was
2: having. I think it's also like a storage thing too, right? It's like you're going to the beach or you're going to grandma's. You have to bring like so many more bags. And like as a previous owner of a Volkswagen Beetle in the same color, <laughs> it's real small <laughs> back there in the trunk. So... Maybe she like See, needed she needed more. That's a great reason. They didn't show us that. <laughs> no, they
0: showed, no, us, they 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 just showed, showed Aida the sleeping thing. in the back seat and Jasmine not touching her and going, It's the car's fault. Yes. <laughs> what? I just put really, your baby out of there. She was... must fit. You got her in. <laughs> but as I was watching this, like I think that just the amount of room between the back seat and the passenger seat that she had to wrestle her out of. yeah, It wouldn't be a clean you know, the way that a minivan's door just yeah opens up, you don't even have to bend over vehicle, yeah you just in out i'm like okay I, I, I guess thought. i
2: get
1: it it's a lot yeah. harder for like fully sized people to get out of a two door than a four door you know like that's true yeah yeah that's true. it's a whole lot of climbing
2: it's a lot of like what do i pull first do i push do i pull do i yeah,
1: yeah. it's not elegant for anyone
0: no yeah Okay, so let me start with a hot take. Okay. Because mm-hmm. Crosby's being a child again. Yeah. About, <laughs> all the time. About having to inhabit the role that he has voluntarily taken on. Yeah. But I'm trying to be open-minded about his aversion to the minivan, okay. if only for the sake of argument. Fair. Mm-hmm. I don't personally care. First of all, I don't even own a car, so why would I care what kind of car I drive? <laughs> but... I wouldn't mind driving a minivan. I mean, it would be a little silly for me because I don't have a lot of stuff or children. Mm -hmm. But I have no problem. So yes, he's being childish. But clearly, the kind of car that he drives is important to him. Mm -hmm. That's obvious. And I thought he has not been asked by his spouse to sacrifice that. He has been told Mm -hmm. to sacrifice it. And in a pretty flippant way, Now I think... The show is doing that mostly for comedic effect. But if I were Crosby, Jasmine's attitude would bother me. Even though if it were me, I wouldn't mind driving the minivan. (laughs) And I also noted Crosby has given up his house. Mm -hmm. He mentions that he Mm. gave up his bike.
3: Yeah.
0: And the first five years of his son's life. (laughs) I'm I'm kidding about that one, but I'm uh, kidding on the square. So I wondered, is he supposed to let that go And not ask Jasmine what she has sacrificed in the interest of, you know, not keeping score Mm -hmm. in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Or is Crosby supposed to notice a pattern in his relationship Mm. that could be concerning where his wife just gets whatever she wants and he is expected to give up things that matter to him?
1: Okay, I have two answers. My my first answer is... um, He's just not supposed to continually call cars vaginas. Like I think I think it's fair um fair. everything you just said what bothered me was not that he was averse to the minivan or like that he didn't want that or that it didn't go with his identity. What really bothered me was they did this storyline a million times better in season 2 when he sold the boat. Like, I really felt for him in season two because everyone around him was like, yeah, grow up, sell the boat. And he wasn't like saying houses are vaginas. I don't want a house. (laughs) Like, do you know (laughs) what I mean? (laughs) I do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't being this like frat boy. Like, honestly, like he just sounds Awful! It makes me not want to be empathetic to him, and I admire that you were searching for it, Caleb. But I, I, I felt that with
0: a jeweler's eye. Jeweler's eye.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I felt that when he was selling his boat because no one was listening to him, and he was saying, "My identity is wrapped up with this. How can no one appreciate that I'm sacrificing something? This is a big deal." And then at the end. You know, it's like Jasmine got it and she like came on the boat and did that like playful like strip tease and and it was like really sweet and it was like her supporting him. And I just was like, why has he regressed in, in years? Why is he only able to complain about this in an infantile way that does not make Jasmine want to listen to his point of view. You know? I, in fact, I didn't even stop to consider what it might be because he was so obnoxious, I kind of couldn't take it. And so really, it occurred to me on my second watch, I'm like, man, It really bums me out because they did it so well when he sold the boat. This should be a really great storyline, small as it is. And it's just not because of how awful he's being. Okay. I've talked long enough. Eric, what, what what were you thinking? I was
2: actually thinking like after listening to some of Dax Shepard's podcasts, like I think this is what Kristen Bell goes through every day. Oh no, <laughs> oh, man! Talk <laughs> about a like, hot take. Just like it's like not toxic masculinity, but it's like pretty problematic. It gives you this this feeling like, oh, are you understanding everything that comes with this uh, human? <laughs> uh, but I I think like the the thing that stuck out to me. And it, it also plays into what you were saying, Melissa, which is like, has he, does he understand how old he is? yeah, And like the, the responsibilities he has years later, like we are now well on our journey here with him. And like, he says something about, I can't pull up to the studio in this car. Yeah. You know, you get this sense that he still, even after all of this, you know, he's been, we've been through so much with him already at this point in, in this season that you kind of have this question of like, oh, wow, you still are so worried about the way you look and like the car you drive. And, you know, that's a pretty immature thing to think about at Mm -hmm. at your age with, with, with children and with a lot of other things on your plate. Like, I had this thought like, why are we so concerned about our looks these days? You
1: know? <laughs> That's a good question.
2: Well, here is something
0: that really leapt out to me. I
1: wonder if it's, I quoted it.
0: Okay, let's see. Yeah.
2: What's your problem?
1: I drove a beetle bug to work, a seafoam yeah. green beetle
2: bug to work. I'm is your car in the shop or something? No, my car is gone forever. It was used as a
4: trade-in against a minivan a miniature van <laughs> are you serious jasmine made us oh yeah, yeah. welcome to the, the you club enjoy that yeah you seem very your brother excited Crosby's about a that. minivan man you're in the club
0: bro what's wrong man they're practical you like them easy in and out with the kids they can haul a lot of stuff
2: they got to you listen to yourself you know you weren't always like this always oh, like what well, you know wearing corduroys and listening to nora jones and going to bed so before was a letter was. well i don't need to compensate you know i'm not afraid oh. of the minivan well, they're sending okay. a direct, clear message to females. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah.
0: You're a husband, you're father, too. You're a businessman. Okay? A minivan is just not age-appropriate anybody. Even a 75-year-old Or you can wheels. slip on some corduroys and just relax, man. Yeah, very comfortable. I mean, okay? Or maybe I just get a tattoo across my forehead that says, neutered.
2: <laughs> what do you think? No, you're a minivan man.
0: So, yes, Melissa and I had the exact same. Yeah.
1: They're sending a direct, clear message to females.
0: Yeah. That so you're a husband and father confessing. because yeah. that's yeah. accurate. The car yeah. he drives is tied to how he's perceived by women. Why is he concerned yeah. if he's still attractive to women? Yeah. I mean, I get that no one wants to feel unattractive. I mean, I get that. Yeah. But this feels like there's something larger at play here. It reminded me, maybe oddly, maybe not oddly, of an aspect of masculinity that I do not understand, which is like guys who have no intention of having more children who don't want to get a vasectomy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm not saying guys have to get vasectomies, but if you don't want to have more children, that's a great way to achieve that goal. And the men who feel like, Part of being a man is the ability to procreate. Hmm. And I even get that. But if it's a part of being a man that you're done with. Yeah. What's the problem? Wouldn't you feel relieved crossing that concern off your list? Wow. I hope I'm not oversharing. I know my father, after he was done having children, got a vasectomy. (laughs) So maybe it was just modeled to me, and like I never thought, oh, my neutered father is <laughs> here trying to teach me what being a man is. But it felt like that. Like I don't think Crosby is looking to have another affair. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> another affair. Sorry. Like, another affair. Yeah.
0: But I think he wants to know that he could still attract yes hot woman. and that and, and like, that but also that's
2: fucked up yeah. and that also plays into this whole thing of like when i drive up to the studio i can't be driving this car it's like totally what, what do you expect is next for you like do you expect that you someday are still going to be the rock star yourself
3: mm-hmm. like yeah. or
2: like what like do you what do you see in your future that you yeah. feel like this this vehicle is going to stop that from happening.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I really, really hate the neutered thing. Although, Caleb, you brought up some really good points at the start here that I also don't care for the way that Jasmine just like announces, oh, it's your car. You know, I know you don't even like this idea, but no, it's, it's yours. It makes more sense. I mean, I wish she maybe would have approached it more like she did when it was like, could we have my mom move in, you know, where it's more of a question. Mm, like mm-hmm. if if we look at this, you have to admit it does make more sense because I have the newer car, you know, like I, I do wish yeah. the respect of a conversation. Having said that, I wonder if, if you're married to a person like this, if you're just like, let's just skip to to this part because he's going to throw his fit and then he will have his (laughs) revelation (laughs) that i was right and he just really needs to accept where he is in life because i do think that the way the storyline concluded was quite sweet he was back to being the the crosby i love in the second half you know they Mm. you know jasmine driving the whole band through the drive-through i thought was really precious and And I thought
0: she made up for any tone she had in the beginning by how unbelievably understanding she was in
1: the end. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. You're allowed to be flippant in the beginning when you were right.
2: I love that piece of writing or directing that, brought her to that moment of like smiling and kind of laughing along with them yes in the car. Yeah. that was like that that was very smart whoever kind of came up with that and the fact that like there's a there's a redeemable quality to both of them at the end of this sort of argument which yeah. was, was nice
1: it was and I got to say, I could see them doing the like Oliver Rome calling Jasmine hot in a way that I find disgusting and gross, but that's not how they did it. They did it in a way that I found adorable. <laughs> like when he's like, how'd you get such a hot wife? When you say something like that, I, well, I guess it still could come off creepy, but for whatever reason, I thought it was just like kind of cute and funny and meant to be a compliment to Jasmine while like recognizing I am, I am complimenting you as someone else's like partner. So I'm, I'm not actually, I don't know, like something about it. I thought it was was another, it was
2: another, like, I think really well shot moment where the minute that they said something like that, they panned to him and her looking at each other. Yeah. And they weren't saying in each other, it was saying anything to each other. They were just looking at each other. And there was this understanding of like, that's ridiculous. But like, also (laughs) I believe it. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was kind of, there was a nod to it,
0: which was kind of nice. Oh, that's a good point. That's like when a friend laughs at a joke and you know, it's okay to laugh too. Yeah. 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 To show her face, like she's not upset by this. Yeah. He
1: respectfully
2: just looked over to her, like, is this okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it made both of them sort of like, like, I think, Appreciate each other more like like it just it feels good, I think, when you both feel like, oh, people are noticing us as a couple. Like, I I don't know, like we're Mm -hmm. doing something right. People are kind of admiring some some something about us. And it was just a really sweet moment that served to like cut down a lot of that tension from earlier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I also found another stray comment fascinating. Crosby says to the band while they're playing beer pong (laughs) that they'll have to accept the fact that they got beaten by a guy who drives a minivan. And I thought therein lies a way to make lemons out of lemonade. Instead of defining your coolness, Crosby, (laughs) by what kind of car you drive, accept your coolness as intrinsic to who you are. Yeah. Mm. And then it makes whatever you drive cool Mm Mm-hmm. I remember, this is weird, but I remember my dad telling me that when I was little and I loved Care Bears, that he was worried I would go to school and get made fun of. But then I went to school and made everyone else love Care Bears. Now, I do not remember igniting a Care Bear craze (laughs) at my school, but I appreciate the compliment. And it reminds me of our friend Megan Nell, who was a guest in season one one of the qualities that I admire most about her is that she loves the things she loves fiercely and unapologetically. Yes. She loves Jem and Indiana Jones, sweet, sweet Valley, Valley, Valley high, high and <laughs> fear street and drag race and my 600 pound life and on and on and on. <laughs> and you cannot make her feel bad about it.
1: That's great. She,
0: she is unflappable and
1: she's a blast to hang out with exactly for that reason. And
0: people love her for it. They love her for loving the things she loves. I love her for it. And I don't share a lot of her interests. I do share a good number of them, but I don't think anything I just mentioned (laughs) is anything I particularly like. She and I bond over sweet Valley high. But I love that she loves it. And I respect, that she loves it anyway so i think if crosby could reframe it that way like i'm cool and i drive a minivan so minivans are cool if i'm driving them i you know does that make any sense love that yeah
1: it just reveals like i think a deep-rooted insecurity about him you know and and i really think like even the comment about sends a direct clear message to to females i think that is more about worrying you know like that he's not attractive on some level like I I, yes. yeah I yeah. yeah and like again not to do anything about it but I think yeah I think all of this is am I cool am I attractive and it's interesting because we we really only talk about insecurity with the Braverman siblings as it applies to Sarah but you know, if it could apply to one sibling, I mean, obviously it could apply to anybody. And yeah, I, everyone has insecurity. You know, it could apply to all humans, not just Bravermans. What? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. But... No, but I'm agree. Yeah. I,
0: it, it is often just focused on who's the insecure Braverman, Sarah. Yeah. Mm.
1: But that doesn't mean the rest of them are bereft of insecurity. I mean, right now, yeah. like Julia is currently in her insecure phase, for example. And so like, yeah, it, it can hit... It can hit everybody, and I think that might be Crosby's. He he just is better at masking it. Perhaps Sarah is very open about her vulnerabilities, but Crosby, I think, desperately tries to shield them from the world. So yeah, and I did. I
0: admired Adam in that scene I played for how much he owned. Yeah, minivans and corner Jones. And like, this is who I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, think less of me if you want, but I'm cool with it. Like that's one of your better qualities, Adam.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. And the most ridiculous he ever seemed was when he strayed from that in that episode where he dressed up to meet Mr. Ray. And that's just like we oh shouldn't. My God. I know. That was an M-word. A mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Well, here's yeah. our next M-word. Mayor. Oh, oh I see what's happening. Wow. We is... had a week-long vacay from the mayoral storyline last week. Christina didn't even mention it. Heather wasn't in the episode but it's back. And <laughs> this is such a straight comment. I'm here for I it. laughed at Adam using the fact that he married Christina as proof that he likes her personality. Did <laughs> I even catch that? I got when he was that talking too. with Heather. She's like, "You got a great personality." He's like, "I know she's got a great personality. I married her."
1: Yeah. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> but
0: so Heather introduces this wrinkle in Christina's campaign strategy. Well, I guess Heather brings up the issue and Christina introduces it.
5: Okay,
4: I'm going to throw a softball at you. My kids are in a class with 32 kids this year. What are you going to do to improve the school system? This is your wedge. This is your passion. Let me see it. It's easy. I
5: got it. Improving our education system is the single biggest reason that I wanted to become your mayor of Berkeley. Uh, We've got to empower our students and our parents with more choices and more access. Think about this. I want to expand charters and magnets. You're boring me. You're boring me. I'm I'm, done with my thought. Yeah, I don't care about your thought. I want you to be personal. You're so negative right now. Dig in right there, right there, Okay. Talk about Max, how the education system has affected him. He's a child with special needs, and how it's not fair that some children get discriminated against, blah, 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 go. I'm not talking about my son. I'm not talking about his. Asperger's. I'm sorry. I'll stick to the topics. But I'm Are not you doing kidding that. me? This is the basis of our platform. You don't want to talk no, about why it's you're not passionate about either. education I'm and passionate. how your son's been affected? Education's my platform, not my son. Okay, that's it. He's off limits.
1: Next question. Go. Oh, so hmm. Max is an M word that she won't say. Mm-hmm. Oh. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. What did you think about Christina's effort to delineate between what she thought was a relevant issue and what she thought a relevant political issue and what she thought was a personal issue?
2: Well, as Aaron and I, so my husband and I were watching this together and we thought it was just so interesting watching this back and knowing what year this was created. It's interesting to think about like this being so hard for someone to bring up in a political campaign today because today you would absolutely want to not and i i use this word because that's what it is but you would definitely want to use that right Mm -hmm. like you you would run on that because that that is what makes you human and that's what would invigorate your campaign and sort of give you a platform to stand on which we then kind of see anyways play out yeah but it was interesting because this episode in that moment kind of shows its age in the fact that like there's a reservation on her part to not say anything at all
1: I didn't even think about that like I was just thinking why yeah you should absolutely talk about Max like it's (laughs) it's ridiculous that you're thinking of not doing it there's I don't think there's any harm in, in doing that. I don't think Max would mind. I think Max would be like, you have to do what it takes to win. <laughs> like I think Max would be like, that's just smart. It makes people connect to you. I think he would have a bunch of facts and statistics about it. I think it would be different maybe if he would be like, please don't mention me. But I can't see him being like that. And right. I just I'm not even sure what her hesitation is. Does she think it lacks integrity or something to... Ca- you know, like is she capitalizing on him or something? I I don't think so. I think stories are what people connect to. People don't just connect to platforms. They, so I I don't understand why she would even consider for a second not using this.
0: Mm-hmm. I wonder if she thinks like remember when Max tried to get out of PE by saying oh. he had Asperger's mm-hmm. and he treated it like a disability? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's if she feels like it's cheap or like exploitative to say like. Feel bad for me because I have a child on the spectrum, when that is, of course, not the message
3: right. she
0: actually would want to send. Right, but right. since but education I agree, it's is her kind platform, of a reach, yeah, yeah. I'm like why is education,
1: yeah,
0: her issue because mm-hmm. of how she's had to deal yeah. with and that there's no place that's quite. The right fit for him.
1: Yes, I think if she mentioned it for like no reason at all, that would be cheap and exploitative. Yeah. Like if she or just kept on like,
0: every issue. Right,
1: well, as the mother of a child
0: on the spectrum. Right, <party>. right. <laughs> I but think I, the environment is very.
1: <laughs> yes, I think though if you use it properly, which is in context of why your issue is your issue. Yeah. Then yes, that's that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just I was like, yes, okay, go. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it also
0: made me think of Sherry Shepard. Mm. Former co-host of The View, who I remember on The View saying that she really identified with Sarah Palin and almost voted for McCain-Palin in 2008 over Barack Obama, who she also really identified with. But she identified with Sarah Palin as a mother of a child with special needs.
1: Oh, interesting. Mm. And
0: Sarah Palin's youngest child has Down syndrome. Mm. And it really it kind of like bypassed all of the disagreements that she had with her politically Mm. because she connected with her on a human level. And I thought, who knows how you might expand your voting base Mm -hmm. if you just share an aspect of your life that other people might have a real emotional connection to. And, and I have to say anytime Sherry Shepard would bring that up, I would have, I would check myself a little bit about the way I thought about Sarah Palin because Sarah Palin to me was kind of a joke, mm-hmm. politically. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, she's not a joke as a human being. I mean, right. maybe she is, but I don't know her. Right. She's not a joke as a mother. Yeah. She loves her children, and her children did not ask to run for governor of Alaska or vice mm-hmm. president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she does have a child with special needs, mm-hmm. and I don't know what that's like. And I, I just thought, thanks, Gary Shepard, for making yeah. me... humanize someone, I very easily caricature.
1: Yeah, I mean... Anyway. (laughs) Not to get too far off topic, but I mean, I remember a few years ago when Kim Kardashian was like robbed at gunpoint and thought she was going to be killed. People, the way they acted because they don't like Kim Kardashian, there was like a lot of laughter and, you know, just it blew my mind. I couldn't Mm. wrap my head around that. I'm like, oh my God, a person answered their door was greeted by people in masks, putting a gun in her face, tying her up. She had to like sob that her children were babies. Don't kill me. And people like joke about that because they don't like her. Ooh. Yeah. And so I I just, Eric, it was really smart of you earlier to say like, this is what makes Christina human. And I think no matter what you're doing, if you're like running for office or in my case, like trying to relate to like teenagers, you know, as my job, if you're willing to be open about yourself I think that the connections you make will be richer and more meaningful. And I don't think we should look at that as like cheap or something. You know, I think we should look at that as like, if all we talk about are really divisive things, then we'll be very divisive. But Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's really important not to other people who we don't see eye to eye with. It's important to look for common ground, you know, Sometimes there's there's nothing there. Sometimes people are just bad. <laughs> I really think that. But I think most people are not just bad. I think, you know, it's important to look for the good.
2: And I, I think I think we've like seen instances too, though, that also show us why maybe she is hesitant, which is like she and they as a family sometimes try to shield certain things about their family from other family members from other friends from other people because of you know and this goes back to the crosby thing as well because of their worry of how it will be perceived etc and so i wonder if there's a little bit of that as well not just wanting to protect max but also wanting to like protect herself even though like there's no like it's obviously not her fault or anyone's fault but there we saw that very early on right in the first few seasons of like there was like almost like they had shame for a little while so it was like oh is this like are we returning back to this moment of like discovering that this is a part of you this will always be a part of you and now this is a part of your political aspirations as well you know you're
1: you're making me realize this connects to Crosby (laughs) I'm I'm remembering that that episode seasons ago where Adam and Christina wanted friends and yes. Adam, Adam wanted like the cool friends yes. whose son didn't also have special needs like Max mm-hmm. and then and then he mm-hmm. was like, Oh, we're stuck with the lessings. Mm-hmm. And the lessings do have a son with Asperger's. And so maybe, you know, even though Adam seems all chill in this episode with his corduroys and his Nora Jones, he, <laughs> you know, um, he has that in him as well to yeah. want to be perceived as cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Or a certain way. I don't know that Christina's is as worried about cool, but she might be worried about other things. You know, I she think might she be, like
2: wants private. You
1: yeah. Know? She's yeah. like,
0: she's private. Yeah. And I think she understands that by running, She opens herself up to lots of criticism and attack. Yes. But if anyone were to go after her kids, especially Max, I think it would just destroy her and she would beat herself up. That's a good point. For exposing Mm -hmm. him to that. Yeah. But I that's part of the deal. I, I thought the show didn't delve too deeply into the question of whether she should share this or not i mean mm-hmm. we had that scene i just played and then the debate and that was it and she right? shared it at the debate and she shared it yeah and i thought i think that's because it's a debate that the audience is way ahead of yeah i, think right. <laughs> I felt like, <laughs> like as i was watching it I was like i think we all understand pretty easily when bringing up your own experience is relevant mm-hmm. and when it's cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Bob going, well, that's a product of the public yeah. school system. Mm-hmm. That's not really relevant to the question that Caroline asked. Yeah. You know, but-
1: can we talk about Bob for just a minute? Did anyone else <laughs> really notice that his song, when he was like rolling on through, was Blurred Lines? A hugely problematic oh. song. Oh my God. Was it problematic then? I was, I actually wrote that in my notes. I was like, when did people realize this song was problematic? Because. Although, and will you explain why? Because am I correct oh. that
0: Robin Thicke has an issue himself, Right.
1: I believe so. Yes, but like is the
0: subject matter. I don't know what the subject. Matter I'm looking is. up the lyrics
1: right now. Is that okay? okay. All right. Yes. So um, I'm, I'm
0: not hip. If it doesn't
1: come from a musical, like I probably don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here are just some choice. I don't know lyrics. why my musical
0: lover is southern. I don't
1: know. I'm just. I'm going with it. So all right. I know you want it. I know you want it. But you're a good girl. The way you grab me must want to get nasty. So it's this idea of like, you could say no because you're a good girl, but I know you want it.
0: Is that the blurred line? That Those is the blur- blurred line. Yeah. So.
1: It's like kind of a rapey song is what it is. Oh. And then let's see here. I wonder if they put in the the rap part in here. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, I'll give you something big <laughs> enough to tear your ass into. Yes. That was the oh, line that- I was really looking for horrific yeah really bad and it's so weird nothing
0: like your last guy he too square for you he don't smack that ass and pull your <laughs> hair like that you like it oh, yeah it is real bad do it like it hurt mm-hmm
2: yeah. Can you oh imagine? A, I also can you imagine a politician pulling up with blurred,
1: with this, lines, with blurred lines? It's a really horrible pick. I mean, and it wow. made me think of the last time Bob was on and he had blurred lines with Amber. I'm like, well, isn't this appropriate? <laughs> yes. um, I just couldn't help it. But it's crazy because I will say. It is a catchy, catchy song. And that I remember was like, like uh, da, 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 you know, and I'm like, all right. And then I like listen to the words and I'm like, oh, no, stop jamming. I was very relieved when Weird Al made a song about like dictionaries um, to, to set to that tune. Because I'm like, I'll just listen to those lyrics instead and <laughs> feel really fine about it. So I also want to
0: say as someone not familiar with blurred lines who just skimmed the lyrics, I'm offended as a lyricist by the line, what rhymes with hug me? Not only for the content, but for the fact that I'm sure what he's alluding to does not, in fact, rhyme.
1: Rhyme with there. hug me, right? Yeah, <laughs> It does not. He's no. pop
0: lyricist in they imperfect rhymes.
1: They're imperfect, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was my side note. Um, I was like, well, if ever we needed proof that Bob is a creep. And I just wondered if the show did that song on purpose or if that meant nothing. Like, it would have been really interesting if it was like, here's a fun take on him being a creep just pulling up with this song, but it's very subtle? Or no, is that just something that you would notice on a rewatch like now?
0: Well, reading the lyrics, yeah, I I can't imagine. I mean, and they would have to license that song. They don't just, you know, stick it in. (laughs) But I, it makes me think it must have been intentional. I wonder if they were, I mean, it's almost comical. Like only an idiot. <laughs> we play a song Would like that at that. a campaign yeah. event. Yeah. But it's maybe that ter- well, no one will notice. What's the most comically horrible song we could have on to? I think hmm.
1: that's back when the song was extremely popular. I mean it was just always on the radio. And I think they did, you know, beep out some of the some of those lines.
0: Radio but, edit.
1: Radio edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's really all I had to say about Bob, I guess, was that. <laughs> but if anybody had anything else on him. He was terrible in the debate. Like he's just so fake. Was he that fake Something. when he was on in season 3 with the whole amber thing? I I guess maybe. I don't
0: think, I do feel like they are like clearly leaning into the we don't like Bob now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like Like,
1: it was much more ambiguous back then. Yeah, I think they still
2: like wanted him to be somewhat charming in the earlier episodes. And now the charm has gone all the way to smarm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did we need to talk about that moment where Christina, like, hugged that woman at the... Because what rhymes with hug me? Um, No, I'm just like... (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. I I can't
2: listen to it. I'll cry. It's so good. Oh.
1: (laughs) Well, what did you like about it, Eric?
2: I just think it's so good that she, like... I mean, it's fun to watch this transpire in time because you see that she wants to go there but she's not sure how etc and then like this moment opens up for her to do that and it's like it just works it works really well and she like she does it so organically right like she connects with this person because it's in the moment and she has somebody that she can latch on to not because she's been told to speak about Max. Yes. But because she feels like compelled to speak about him.
1: And it Beautifully like, put. Oh, yes, this is good. <laughs> so good. You know, I had a, like the cynical part of me was like, would this ever really happen in a debate? But I believed that Christina would do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like and I guess maybe it's both it wouldn't usually happen in a debate but maybe that's what's special about Christina as a candidate is that she really means this and I think anyone who's there can tell this isn't like some that that woman isn't there as a prop strategy yeah it wasn't her strategy right right right. like that Mm -hmm. this is a real moment and it's it takes you aback. And I, probably she would have won that debate. Like, that's amazing. For
2: sure. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah. I thought
0: it was a really well-crafted viral moment. Like, yeah. That you wouldn't expect to happen. But just like you said, I did believe Christina would give her phone number yeah. to that <laughs> yeah. woman. Like, yeah. almost unthinking. Like, you know what? Let me just... <laughs> <you know." laughs> yeah. And then I thought, oh, and people that would be the buzzed about moment of the debate the next day. Did you see that woman who gave her phone number to that stranger in the audience? And I thought, good job, Parenthood. I also loved, there were a couple non-verbal moments of acting in this episode that really caught my attention. And one of them was in that debate when you could tell that Christina was unsure of whether she should bring up Max. Mm -hmm. And she looks out at Adam. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he basically nods and is like reading her mind and saying do it yeah talk about it yeah Yeah. and like i'm in agreement you can talk about our son yeah and then you see it on her face too and i thought that was a really nice moment yeah Yeah. moment moment (laughs) oh there it is oh man the next m word is a little bit of a stretch.
1: Okay, I'm excited. But
0: I came across it and I thought it was fitting. It's mollycoddle. Do either of you know what no. mollycoddle is? I no. do not. Well, according to dictionary.com, <laughs> it is a man or boy who is used to being coddled. Oh. Mm. So, so
1: Crosby referring- again? No. <laughs> Zeke. <laughs>
0: I'm referring to Zeke. Uh, you know what? It works both hey, ways. It yeah. works. Though. Yeah. Because I was I was really... St- the first thing that struck me in Zeke's storyline was... First of all, I guess Julia really got through to him in the last episode. Because oh. now he's at least humoring Camille. Mm-hmm. But what's, the first thing that struck me was... Wow, if you're as belligerent as Zeke is... Then just deigning to humor your wife... Earns you, like, a ticker tape parade. Yeah. Because I think we are are supposed to, as the viewers, be like, oh, look, he's going to see the condo. What a great guy. That's the bare minimum. Ignoring, yeah, that it's like, this is the least he can do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I give him credit for doing the least he can do.
1: Because before, he wasn't even going to do that. No, I completely agree. (laughs) Like, what does it mean to take an afternoon and go and I do I mean I admire him but I do resent the idea like you said that we're supposed to like throw some sort of party or parade and celebration like because that's just yeah think of everything Camille does for him yeah
2: (laughs) I don't I like don't appreciate that he of course like went and didn't actually consider it but I did appreciate the conversation that he had with her about going because you can Mm. tell that is so hard for him
1: that's true. true. To That's say, a good like, point.
2: Let, let's go. It was, yeah. like, so good.
0: <laughs> well, and I liked when they were actually at the condo that at least at first when he's there, it's, you can tell it's like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Zeke, what's the point of going if you're not going to really look? So I was very grateful that he at least said um, not swinging.
1: What am I thinking? The of? fire. Spinning. spinning. Oh, the spinning, yeah. Yeah. Swinging. I've always wanted to try that. <laughs> he may have. I think he already did without knowing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> Although I think swinging is supposed to be with your, Yeah, and consensual <laughs> and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyway, spinning, I always wanted to try that. And then let's go look at the fire pit. It's like, okay, at least they're showing us any effort mm-hmm. at all. Because mm-hmm. I, I respect that he doesn't want to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's petty, but it's it's very much like Crosby. Like, I respect where you're coming from, but your conduct, your behavior, is not earning you any points. It's you need to be a grown up go look at the condo and then communicate why you don't want to give up your house. I'm sure you have very good reasons. Mm -hmm. I
1: am gratefully doesn't call the condo a vagina. I am not realizing. I I should let that joke go. I'll let it go. That's my last one. But no. Or a muff. (laughs) (laughs) When I was was looking at bad
0: M words, that one did come
1: up. Oh my God. That's so great. You know, I do have to admit though, I did not like, that condo like I want to be team Camille and be like yeah downsize and go live your life and travel the world and and you know that house as beautiful as it is it is a lot of work and and you guys could be spending your time in better ways but then I'm like oh you're not going to give up that beautiful charming house with all that character For this like sleek high rise, are you? I don't know. That was very judgy of me, but I just, I didn't fall in love with it either. But I'm like, Camille, we have to do better. You have got to show him something better than this, I think. Also, I was like, there's no possible way that living in this place is going to save you money from selling your house. It's got all (laughs) those amenities and it's like right, you know, in the city. I'm like, that's got to be more than a house out in the country, right? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I feel like they missed an opportunity for them to have a discussion where they actually talk about the logistics of what that would be like to have the entire Braverman clan over to this condo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if we just even picture that,
0: like, Mm -hmm. what do
2: we string the lights from?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's discuss their conversation at the end of the episode.
4: Oh, Zeke, thanks for doing this for me. Yeah.
2: Guess what? Contain yourself. Hee <laughs> hee. Huh? Yes. Yep.
4: It's beautiful. I talked to Linda, the real estate agent, and I told her we weren't interested in the condos.
2: Oh jeez. Well I never said that.
4: Oh, come on, Zeke. I know you too well. You'd be miserable there. You'd hate it.
2: I'm sorry, Millie. I tried, you know?
4: I know you did. My art class is going to Italy for a month. I've known about it for a while, but I didn't say anything because I knew you'd be uncomfortable with my being away that long, you know. But they leave on Friday. And I've decided that I want to go. I'm going to go by myself. Are you guys
0: both noticing every word that begins with M? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Miserable. Myself. Myself. Hmm. Anyway, what did you think of Camille's announcement?
1: Well, I liked it. And I think... What's interesting is I'm now connecting it to Jasmine earlier, just kind of telling Crosby what's up. It's a totally different tone, but again, it's a situation where maybe it would usually be a conversation, but instead it's not. It's just this is how it is. And I'm now wondering if that really, like I was kind of joking before, but if really that is sort of how you have to talk to Crosby and, and Zeke, like I wonder.
0: She's learned.
1: Yeah. She's Over like, all
0: the decades.
1: Yeah. And I just think maybe what Camille has learned from this condo house situation is if she wants something, she can't have a conversation with Zeke about it. She has to just do it. At the risk of upsetting him. And I also think it's interesting that the house, she can't do on her own unless she's like going to divorce him or something, which I don't think is, you know, currently on the table. She just can't. They So if he's going to be a holdout, then in some ways her life is being defined by what he wants. But if she wants to go to Italy, she can. And that is a decision she can make for herself. And so I like that for that reason.
2: I think it also like relates to her feelings possibly about what she was saying to Sarah earlier in the episode where she was like, you know, I wish that we wouldn't have told, you no, because Mm -hmm. you would have done it anyways. You know, it seems like she has discovered this feeling like I should just live these moments out rather than calculate a yes or a no, or should I, or shouldn't I,
3: yeah. It's like,
2: if I, if I want it, I should just try it, you know? Yeah. So if she's going to live by like the suggestion that she's giving Sarah, then she's just going to take the trip. She's just going to do it. You know, yeah. she's not going to like second guess whether it's the right thing. And she's just in the moment wanting to do it. And she's going to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm so glad I asked you first, because I was so blindsided, I think, just by the practicality.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Friday. My situation. <laughs> yeah, that is like. Yeah, I was yeah. like,
0: I was totally on board with her going. <laughs> I thought that was wonderful. And then I thought, there's a case to be made, definitely, that if Zeke and Camille want different things, maybe they should just experience them separately. Yeah. And I don't think that's even necessarily bad. Right. Like, yeah. Okay, you go to Italy. I have no interest.
1: Yeah. I'll stay at this house.
0: <laughs> and you come tell me about it. Yeah. yeah. And you're done. That's great. But yeah, I was just hung up. I'm like, Camille said she's never been out of the country. Does she have a current passport just lying around? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then like she schooled Zeke in the importance about having discussions about big decisions. Oh, and yeah. they didn't discuss this at all. And I was like, you know, a month. You know, if she were going away for a week. Okay, but a month, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's just inconsiderate. To be like, okay, you're on your own for the next month. I'm leaving within a week. Anyway, but Melissa, what you said about learning that maybe she can only get what she wants by not having conversations. <laughs> Ooh, that's that, hard. That is a good point. And it's it's kind of a scary thing to consider, but I think it might be true. Ugh. I certainly believe that she might arrive at that conclusion and then something else I didn't consider, and I don't think this is why she's doing it, but if she's trying to convince Zeke that the house is too much work, what better way to convince him than making him take care of yes. himself for a month? Oh that. man,
1: I didn't think of that. But that.
0: Like, what, how's he going to fare mm-hmm. over this coming month? Mm-hmm. I think maybe then he would want a lot of amenities too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone come clean our home for us? Yeah, I wonder if Seek knows how to cook.
1: Yeah, does he know how to cook? I wonder. Like, I don't mean that in a rude way. Um, He knows how to
0: carve a turkey.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, I say this as someone married to a straight man who cooks every meal, you know, so I, <laughs> I, I'm I, i very lucky and I definitely think, um, you know, men can cook. But I, I wonder sometimes about men that age because that's like kind of a common thing. Yeah, Men are more likely to like remarry after their like wives die than vice versa, especially of that generation. At least I've heard that somewhere. I don't have like a statistic or anything, but I think part of it is because the gender roles were so like fiercely sure, ingrained sure. that like men like were literally like oh no how sure. do I eat you know and like I mean that's like a fascinating thing and so we'll see how Zeke does fare I mean
2: mm-hmm.
1: he's real handy about a lot of things but
2: yeah I think that 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 is certainly true as well just in relation to the entire family right she mm-hmm. takes on a lot of the conversations right mm-hmm. not just hers that she wants to have with him but like she takes on a lot of the conversations with the kids about what they're experiencing and the hardships and this and that. It's like, when does she get a break? You know, like when does she get to be away? And when, when does she get to just enjoy the simple things that she likes to do? Yeah. Yeah. Do what she wants to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm excited for
0: her to go to Italy.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: I'm also just excited for Camille to have stuff to do in this season. Like last season, I I feel like she was kind of especially on the back burner. There was just so much huge stuff going on with cancer and abortion and mm-hmm. and <laughs> veterans and, and Victor adoption. Victor and yeah, it was just okay. No time for Camille. She had the, like one episode where she tried to take care of Christina, and that was kind of yeah all i remember of camille last season yeah so i like the show asking the question what does she want mm-hmm. and is she getting it and mm-hmm. if not how is she going to set about trying to get it mm-hmm. yeah
1: no that's good yeah i was just gonna say like every minute she spends cleaning that giant house is like time away from her painting you know like like really it's it's so practical when you think things like that you know and and It actually makes me almost angry at Zeke when I think about it. Like when I think about that Thanksgiving episode in season two, when he does shit, like, like he doesn't do anything. He's planning on carving the turkey, which he lets, you know, Crosby do, but like, he doesn't do anything. He's just drinking beer in the guest house or whatever, or the garage while Camille is doing all the work. And I'm like, if she wants to sell the house because it's too much work, kind of how dare the person who doesn't do as much say no i like it here i don't mind you doing all this work and that is an interesting point in
2: the fact that like we don't when have we ever seen her just like sitting and reading
1: yeah like (laughs) you you know what i mean
2: like whenever we see a scene with her she's always in the kitchen doing something yeah or she's like doing something outside or whatnot like we don't really see her ever relaxing
1: Yeah. yeah
2: yeah
0: Well, are we ready for another M? I am. This M is mendacious.
1: Well, okay, that's another one. <laughs> mm, yeah. Mendacious? Is that what you said?
0: Mendacious or mendacity.
1: Oh, I feel so stupid. It means
0: being dishonest. Oh. oh. Lying.
1: We should use that in a sentence later and then take the SATs. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this one apply. Can you guess who I'm applying it to?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, is it oh it's julia yes and of yeah. course it's julia
0: <laughs> of course it's julia of course she definitely lied at least um lies of omission in this episode before we get there here was the random funny sydney line mm. that i thought although victor too it was kind of a team effort but i thought this was hilarious and a nod to halloween
5: this isn't like trick-or-treating at all you said it'd be like trick-or-treating you fell for
1: that? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I totally I, noticed that line. And I was just thinking, oh, because they're going up to houses from house to house. I just, yeah, I did not. I did not think this is airing on Halloween. Isn't
0: it? <laughs> you said this would be like trick-or-treating. Is not like trick-or-treating at all? <laughs> and then I love her quiet little, stop. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> You're
2: embarrassing me.
1: Oh, man. Anyway. Now, is Julia a mendacious person? I mean... We made those lawyer liar jokes, but yeah, yeah, I don't either. She's
0: showing some mendacity in this episode.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of mendelosity going on right now. (laughs) 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 Anyway, let's talk about her scene with Ed. Yeah.
0: When she just uh, drops their trick or treating. (laughs) (laughs) and spends all afternoon in his house
1: do we think this starts innocently enough you know like like is there anything wrong with oh realizing we know the people who live here it's kind of an acquaintance of mine oh and the kids want to play okay let's go in like how egregious is that I used egregious so listeners would know that I do know some big words. But yes, how?
0: <laughs> what do you think? How egregious how is that?
1: <laughs> the famous M word. Like, yeah. what, what do you guys think?
0: I bought it and I think it would be innocent if they didn't spend all afternoon there. Yep. And if it was more so the kids who wanted to do it than julia
1: Mm. although and ed i think both of them
0: i guess that's because i was even as i was saying that i was thinking you know if this were some friend of hers who she wasn't flirting with yeah then i also don't think i'd have a problem with like oh julia opened the door and didn't realize a close friend lived there and they just wanted to catch up yeah i would think that was fine too i only have a problem with it because i think she's emotionally cheating on joel with ed Mm -hmm. but Yeah. I don't think it was like necessarily inappropriate.
2: Yeah. It was like all in there. It was all in their facial expressions that made me feel like, Oh, this is not a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think to Caleb's point, it was very clear that they seemed to even want to sort of catch up even more than the kids wanted to play, which that's what made it feel wrong. But what made it really wrong was then like what it turned into, which was like a long day's worth thing. Yeah.
0: And neither of their spouses knew about it yes. ahead of time. Yeah. Again, not a problem if your behavior wasn't <laughs> inappropriately. Right,
1: know? right. Like
0: they didn't plan on it they weren't being deceitful. Maybe they weren't being mendacious. But <laughs> I guess this just speaks to it was a very good way to get them together, mm-hmm. like that they were going to have the family canvassing for Christina. Whoever thought, oh, this is a way we could get Julia and That's Ed smart. together again. That was smart.
1: Especially since they had committed to a hundred houses.
0: Yeah. And it didn't feel like a total mo <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm just
0: gonna keep dipping in this well, folks. Yeah.
1: No, but that's it. It would have felt muntrived to me <laughs> <laughs> if they had only agreed to do, like, five houses. Like, what are the chances? But a 100, I, I could buy that, you know? Yeah, like, and yeah. I
0: buy that she wouldn't know where Ed lives. Whereas, like, if it were a close friend, it's like, you didn't know where your friend lived. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she doesn't know Ed well enough that she knows where his house is.
1: And if they're all probably hitting their own neighborhoods... um their kids go to school together so maybe they you know live in the same district or whatever yeah Yeah. so no I thought I thought that made sense and I thought that was a really interesting take I think where I started to get uncomfortable was when they started like really confiding in each other and then also like even just agreeing to dinner plans like that might sound so ridiculous but like even if there's no romantic attraction at all even if this were like a woman or something that, that he, she had stopped by to see, I would text Mark. I would be like, absolutely, yeah. d- just to be like, Hey, don't make mm-hmm. dinner. I'm going to have dinner with a friend or mm-hmm. Hey, are you making dinner? Cause I, yeah. Like just as a consideration, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, be, and also like maybe Joel before he cooks like this feast would be like, Hey, have you eaten yet? Like if they didn't have plan, <laughs> you know, I just kept thinking about like, wow, I just feel like their communication is especially terrible. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like, Even just for little things like, do we have dinner planned? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. anyway.
2: Yeah, because the dinner also was like, his dinner was also like prepared at what seemed to be like almost the exact right moment Mm -hmm. when they arrived. So then it was like, have you been communicating when you'll be home, but you just haven't been communicating what you've been doing?
1: Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was expecting like when you see the table set and you see that he made dinner, I was expecting him to say like I cook this meal and now it's cold.
1: Mm, yeah, me too. And it
2: seemed it seemed to be like prepared and fine and ready. Yeah, going <laughs> like, to be back. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why I felt even more so like uh oh, you've been telling him like what time you'll be home, but you haven't been telling him what you've been doing, which is uh, not great. God. Yeah. Although they
0: left so unexpectedly. Yes. That's maybe a little plot hole, or at least at least have questions about it. Yeah. Because it seemed like Julia was planning to stay a lot longer.
1: Yeah, she was gonna eat her meal and then then the meal would have gotten cold and she would have been yeah. full. Yeah. So that would have been a whole conversation if Ed's wife hadn't just happened to come home. Yeah.
2: How oh, much did so you awkward. want to see the scene between Ed and his Oh my wife? god, I was like,
1: Camera, yes. stay there. Yes, I, I was really like, oh, do. No, do
2: I want to meet her? I want to meet her. Yeah. What's happening?
1: Yeah, the way he was like, Are you hungry? And she was like yeah, like she had a really interesting line read of, or sure, okay, I can't remember what yeah. word, but it was like, uh-huh. yeah. And then while so, Julia
0: was there with Ed, yeah, just the the intimacy of the stuff they were sharing, mm. and it, it's so hard. As we brought up before, it's like, of course they should be able to confide in friends, sure, yeah, things that they're struggling with in their lives, things that they're going through. But what is it about this conversation that feels like it tipped into inappropriate oversharing?
4: Oh my God, I miss expense accounts. Oh, yeah. I had the best purses. So did I.
0: <laughs> oh, I miss so much. Yeah. I pretty much miss everything.
4: Yeah. I mean, Even the stuff I hated, I miss.
0: Mm. You know, I did this thing with my therapist one time. You're in therapy? Oh, yeah, big time. Like a pie chart. And she said, give me a list of all the things that make you feel good about yourself. And uh, then you're going to tell me what percentages they are. And I said, okay, um, so work. Mm -hmm. And then I said, being a father. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: She said, what about hobbies?
4: Hobbies, what are those?
0: Exactly. (laughs) So anyway, it's like 75% work and 25% being a father. Mm -hmm. And I was really lying. It's more like 90%, 10%.
4: You lie to your therapist?
0: Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> Come on, I don't want to think I'm a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, But really, the point is, like, I know I was a really good salesman.
4: Yeah.
0: I'm just not so sure I'm a good
5: father.
4: Yeah. Uh, well, at least you have a hobby now, with the sustainability committee. Ah!
1: Well, yeah, of course.
4: And that makes you feel great, great about too. yourself. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: why is that wrong i mean i'm just listening to it and thinking it's two people who aren't working who wish they were working connecting over that fact yeah that should be wonderful for that we should be going how great that they have each other so they can vent these feelings And yet I'm, like, watching the whole
2: thing through my fingers, like,
0: I can't look at it. Yeah,
2: I think, like, one of the things that's missing, both from his, like, percentages, is one, like, you're a husband. So, like, Mm. that's an interesting omission, which maybe makes it feel a little bit wrong. But also then, similar to what we were saying earlier, which is, like, about the timing they'll be home and and staying for dinner, etc., you would obviously communicate with your partner and like if you feel like you are such a horrible father how is your wife not entering into this conversation good like how are you not being empathetic in this moment to your wife if you feel like you are a workaholic and like you are never home and you're like somebody who is in a strong relationship would of course if julia is just a friend would say like yeah and so therefore like it leads to like me feeling bad that i'm leaving all this to her and she you know i'm not home for meals or bedtime or whatever but he makes no mention of that yeah yeah you know. And just as we were listening to that, when Julia said, I miss it so
0: much, even the things I hate I miss, I thought, has she had this conversation with Joel?
3: Mm-hmm. And I
0: suspect that she has. Like we know in the, the first episode of this season, I think, that she was interviewing for jobs and Joel knew about that. And he, of course, wanted her to be successful
3: yeah.
0: with that. And she wasn't. So I don't think it's a mystery to him that she wishes she were working. I guess maybe I wish a little bit as a viewer that we saw at least one of those conversations where she could be really vulnerable with him and say, like, babe, I feel like I'm losing myself a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have to be home with the kids now every day. They're in school and I feel lost. Can you help me with that? Like. And maybe that's what was bothering me, that I feel that she's confiding these things in Ed and not in her husband, even though I don't think that's probably totally true.
1: I think both of you make incredible points. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think it would be totally possible to have a friend, even a friend of, you know, whatever gender you're attracted to. You know, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be if you're both straight, like she can only have friends who are women. Like, I don't I don't mm-hmm. think it has to be that way. hmm. But I I do think certain conditions have to be present. I mean, I think they are both attracted to each other. And that means they (laughs) shouldn't be friends, period. And I think that if they weren't attracted to each other, they could let each other know that through signals like mentioning their partners, you know? And I think that they would also be confiding in their own spouses a lot more. They seem so desperate for these conversations with each other. And I think that is less about the attraction and more about that feeling of, of being seen, but that's a really dangerous thing to put on a friend. Like that's, that's really, I think a, a, a partner job, you know, that's a spouse job. Um, and it just, it makes me so nervous and, you know, it also, Caleb, like you said with Crosby earlier, how you're trying to give like more the benefit of the doubt or like, you know, I feel like I've been coming down really hard on Julia because I I like Joel so much and I think he's so stand up and I think this is shitty to do to him. But I was like, you know, it is interesting how it's usually men, I feel like, in TV and movies who you hear say things like, and so I'll never know again what it feels like for someone to like laugh at my joke or to, you know, like that flirting feeling, which some people admit that they really like even if they're in a happy relationship. It makes me very uncomfortable. I I I would never want to like be seen as flirting with someone and I don't want anyone to flirt with me. I'm like, "Ah, no." Like it just like puts me in an awkward situation. Get me out of it. But some people really love that and they sort of like even will toe that line a little bit, you know? Mm. And I'm like, "Is it possible that she's just so insecure that she's enjoying the charge that this gives her and she doesn't have any intention of like she doesn't think of this as like an emotional affair which is how I see it you know as what do you guys think of that
2: I think Caleb like brings up a really good point of just like why aren't you having this conversation yeah. with him yeah. and that starts to ask that question of like is she in need of this conversation with someone other than him like is that is that the reason she's not had it with Joel is like she actually needs to have the conversation with someone else. But the problem lies in the fact that like, I agree with the two of you that obviously there's a little bit of an attraction there. And so then therefore therein lies the, the problem with it. Yeah. They probably both need to have this conversation, but it doesn't necessarily need to be between the two of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I think your point is really good about, I mean, maybe this episode should be called the I word that everyone is insecure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is a theory. Maybe she's not bringing this up with Joel because between them, there is that element of payback. Like Mm -hmm. it's her turn to be staying at home. And if she says that she feels swallowed up by that, or like she's losing her identity. Yeah. Is she sort of not, keeping up her end of the bargain. Like he never said that in yeah. all those years. But the problem is, well, I don't think he did feel swallowed up. By no. it. I think he felt a lot of purpose in that and she doesn't. And she probably feels guilty about that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That like, why am I not fulfilled by my family? Totally. Right. Kind yeah. of like what Ed says. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe she doesn't tell him because then it seems like, I don't want to tell my, the co-pilot of our family. <laughs> I'm so bored by our family.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good
0: point. And that makes me want to say that I really related to what Ed said in that scene. Mm. I may have said this before on the podcast, but that was a wake up call for me in the pandemic. My pie chart that like the pie chart he described, mine would be almost entirely work.
3: Yeah. Mm. And when
0: that was taken away Mm. during the pandemic, I felt really adrift Mm. Like I had nothing else. And I, and I remember thinking many times I put my eggs in one basket, (laughs) work basket. And now that basket is gone. And I'm not in a relationship. I do not Mm. have children. Mm -hmm. I don't have hobbies. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? Mm. And I'm honestly a little concerned (laughs) just to turn this into therapy for a second.
1: Well, that's also a theme of the episode. Um. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That as life is going back to normal, I'm not really addressing that issue. I'm just covering it up with work. Just going back like, into Oh, it. now I'm back to work. Great. I don't have to think about that
4: balance mm-hmm. issue
0: anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can now just, just stress myself. Sure. Yeah. Hope it doesn't get taken away again. <laughs>
1: <Well, laughs> oh, you know? yes. Yeah. I hope I hope that. But maybe maybe at some point, I mean right now it's such an adjustment for you to be so busy. You know, like, that's going to take some balance. So I don't think it's just entirely like, oh, I'm avoiding it again. It's like, oh, I'm adjusting to this intense schedule again. And then maybe once you do adjust and get used to it, maybe you will think about some of those things, you know? Maybe you'll try to put some eggs in other baskets in a way that maybe you didn't before. Maybe the pandemic can still be a wake-up call. Just, you know, it doesn't mean doesn't mean you have to wake up right that second. Maybe it's just like, you can be snoozing it for a while. Yeah, it's, yeah you're hitting snooze <laughs> for now. Yeah, so.
2: I think but, it also has to do with, I and I think that that relates to them wanting to talk about it, which is like very likely in order for any of us to get out of that, we need to tell someone. Yeah. Like if we only we know that we are dedicating too much of our time to one specific thing, and we know that we want to change it, but we can't get out of it somehow. The only way out of that is for us to seek help from other people, whether it be friends or family or whatever. And so in a way that does help me empathize with them in the fact that like that conversation is something that feels like needs to happen. And so therefore they have somebody that they feel like they can confide in and then it just snowballs into what it what it did. Yeah. yeah.
1: It just I just hope that they'll be careful. You know, I I think <laughs> I I just think like uh well and I do think about this. I feel like we talked about this pretty recently even this idea of like if you're in a relationship to what degree are you still granted, you know, privacy and your, your own things, you know, like, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. to what degree is something like keeping a secret or is it just something for you? Now, obviously I think an emotional or physical affair is uh, not (laughs) an okay thing to have. That's just for me. It just makes me happy. You know, I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. think that's okay. (laughs) But, But I mean, you know, like there are just all kinds of things that come to mind. You know, um, I know that sometimes I've been hanging out with my friend Jay, who is Caleb's sister, and we'll just kind of have fun going down like memory lane and we'll look up like, you know, old crushes or old boyfriends or something. And I am like, I don't need to tell Mark that, like, I'm not looking them up for (laughs) like a, I need to connect with them and get, you know, like nothing like that. It's just like, Kind of fun to see, like, what the hell happened to people? It's been decades, literally, you know, it's, yeah. it was another lifetime. And so that's, yeah. that's an interesting thing. And I think a person should be able to some extent, be able to like, have those conversations and thoughts and and things as long as your intentions aren't nefarious. There's another big word. Um <laughs> My fairy. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but you know, and I can't think of I, other I could yeah. I could yeah. tell
2: I could tell Aaron about that though, because mine yeah. are women.
1: So. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so that's like kind of fun then. It's like like <laughs> another lifetime, really. <laughs>
2: Remember this?
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. Or like I've kept journals my whole life and uh no one else reads my journals and you know, it's not even that I'm putting anything bad or in there, but, but private. Yeah. Can can even mean mundane. You know, a lot of what I write in my journals is probably very boring to anyone else. It's not a particularly juicy journal, but it um, it matters to me to like be able to process my thoughts privately and stuff. And so I just mentioned this because I think for some people it really is difficult to find that line because you know, you don't want to just have your entire life be defined by one person and you don't have outside friends or interests or hobbies or a life. And you're so dedicated to being a good spouse to this person that actually you have nothing else. You put all your eggs in that relationship basket. I don't think that's healthy either. So, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. And when you sure. put it that way, yeah,
0: Julia identifying with Camille in the last episode doesn't feel like such a stretch okay like Mm. is that what she's worried about yeah if i just keep doing what i think is best for joel although i i already as i'm saying this i don't think julia is that kind of person yeah (laughs) her little kettle will squeal before that boils (laughs) over you know she's not gonna Completely subsume herself to what's best for Joel. When has she ever? No, completely. (laughs) Never. If anything, she does the opposite. Yeah. She's the Jasmine of that relationship. um,
1: (laughs) You need to sacrifice this thing for me now. Yeah, no, completely. I did want to ask this question. Um, Is it possible that Joel is attracted to Pete I asked that because he gives, like, a little laugh when he's on the phone with her, you know? And we are only in Julia's point of view watching her with, with Ed. And I don't think so. I mean, we were in Joel's point of view last episode. And we saw her him, him at that dinner with Pete. And I didn't think he seemed attracted to her at all. But it was weird. Like, he just, like, was talking to her on the phone while they were canvassing. And he gave this, like, little laugh that felt a little intimate. And I wondered if that was actually supposed to be a sign that Joel might have feelings for Pete, or if we're like seeing that laugh almost filtered through Julia, and if Julia is just feeling like alone, and if like she's wondering, or if she's like, well, he's off confiding in somebody, so I can too, or if maybe that is a total non-issue. But it was something I wondered, because then I'm like, it is interesting that he made this huge meal is that just another sign of Joel being wonderful and we're just like accepting it at face value? Because I would accept that at face value as he is. But then I wondered like, what if he feels guilty the way that Julia feels guilty, you know, and didn't actually do anything, but like, you know, if, if he feels guilty, he says like, I feel bad that I bailed Uh on canvassing, but you know what I mean? Like, does he also like laugh with Pete a lot at, at work the way he did on the phone and he feels a little guilty about enjoying her company and so he makes the big the big meal to make up for it? I just wondered that a little, like that would be interesting if that was sort of happening. We don't really see that, but anyway, I thought I'd throw that out to both of you.
0: I think it's a very interesting thought. Yeah. I don't know if and there's anything to it. I I really like the idea of there's more motivating that wonderful dinner Joel prepared Then, best generosity. guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even what he says, he's, he says, I felt guilty. Mm-hmm. So he's admitting that it's out of guilt, but yeah. Is it out of guilt for exactly what he says or is it mm-hmm. for more than that? And I, I certainly think whether or not he's attracted to Pete physically or romantically, I think she makes him feel special for sure. Mm-hmm. And special in a way that he hasn't felt special in a long time. Yeah. As a skilled work. I mean, in the way that Sarah made him feel special, by asking him to build her a desk, mm. which then vanished. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you that know, desk. like someone recognizing him for his uh, ability and talent rather yeah. than what a great father and husband he is yeah so I yeah I think that's definitely plausible
1: I don't know I mean I I I'm so pretty much always on Joel's side here that I really made a concerted effort for the funny (laughs) the the way that you did with with Crosby I just was like I'm gonna really try to like see things you know a little bit more fairly if I can but I still think Joy is more wrong (laughs) but
0: anyway I did say in that scene I mean it was (laughs) they're laying it on pretty thick but Joel laying the guilt on Julia without even knowing he's. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And I thought, careful, Julia, you're going to go deaf from your conscience. screaming at <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought, you know, you reminded me earlier in this conversation that she left before eating almost any of her food mm-hmm. with Ed. Yeah. Might've been more effective if she was finished. Cause I, at first I thought like, Oh, she's saying that she's starving, but she already ate too. Yeah. But I I think that's incorrect. Yeah. But she is lying. She said she didn't eat at all. And she says that they just had a snack. Yeah. It's not a snack. <laughs> they were having dinner. Yeah. And it wasn't a play date. It was an impromptu hang out at
1: Ed's house all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely some lies. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did think those kids were going to give it away, though, like because they were like, we didn't even get to finish our meal at Ed's. And then they get home and they're like, we're full. We ate. And I'm like, well, which is it, kids? Like, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I thought they'd be like, yeah, we didn't need all of our fish sticks at Ed's house. Like, you know, I thought they might just like, just say it. I don't know. And boy, they've already talked about Ed, Julia and Joel. So like, if he does find out where she was, Mm-mm. he will think that's a lie. He'll be like, why didn't yeah. you just say where you were? You know, he'll that's not going to sound good. Mm-hmm. Ooh, It just, it, the whole thing makes me very, very nervous. I also, sorry, I'm like all over the place, but I was also wondering, is it better that Julia just like hopped the hell up when Ed's wife got home and was like, bye. it yeah. was
2: so awkward. Yes. I don't know what that was about. That clearly showed her true colors of like, oh, you do feel there is some sort of thing between the two of you. Yes. And clearly you can't even handle (laughs) the sort of like tension that there is. And so you're just going to get out, which is even more awkward, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you don't think you're doing anything wrong, you said pull up a chair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've
1: been dying to meet you. Yes. That's not what she, Mm-hmm. No, it was terrible. I she thought, no. No. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, out. it was just really obvious. Yeah, I thought this is probably the worst way you could have handled that. <laughs>
0: and and you know, like you said, Eric, then it makes you wonder what what is the conversation uh, once Julia's on the other side of the door? Like, what did I just walk into, honey? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's going to be an I, intense I clearly conversation. I just caught you at something. Yeah. And, you know, I, although I think Julia and Ed are on the same page, mm-hmm. another interesting way for them to spin this story would be if Julia was attracted to him, but he wasn't to her. That would be. So would what be. if, yeah, and then if she goes in and has the dinner and then she gets up and then it looks like he was doing something wrong, how does he possibly convince his wife, no, she's just a friend and she just happened by oh, her right. sister-in-law's yeah, right, her mare what
2: yeah Yeah. makes it even harder for him and here maybe he wasn't thinking of it in that way at all yeah and she just made it look like that yeah because of her reaction
1: yeah and i think maybe ed is like better at cheating than julia is that's how i'm gonna put this because he just keeps saying you don't have to leave just stay like you know he not He's like, like
2: cool, cool it, lady. Yeah, you yeah.
1: Gotta, th- I've been through this before. You have to do oh, it like that. I mean, I don't know that he has, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway.
0: He's a salesman. He knows how he to knows. Work. Yeah. He knows yeah. how to sell it.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, are we ready for our final M's? I am. Mom and marriage. Well, I guess so. You guys you guys both intuited the right one. Maybe it's because you're both married. Hmm.
1: Maybe it was minivan, Caleb. We don't know. I mean right <laughs> it there, could have been, yeah. I think
0: you're right that it's supposed to work on multiple levels. Interesting philosophical question prompted by Amber and Sarah's first scene. Can you support someone without agreeing with them?
5: What's up? I mean, really? We we never really talked about the discussion that we had the other day. It was kind of an intense one. You sort of said some Insulting things about my fiance, comparing him to my father. I wasn't insulting him, and your father is not a deadbeat. He has some similar issues, and I think. Oh my God! You're you're still on it, okay? No, you're still on it. I'm. I'm, Yeah, of course I'm still on it because it's the biggest decision of my life, and you you don't trust me to make the right choice. Obviously, you don't because you don't support me. I am not you, okay? You can make any choice you want and i support you i i absolutely but you support you you don't agree I, I don't you have don't... to agree with you oh my god yes I'm you do i'm there for you and 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 i'm i'm going to be there for you every second i don't want the you way. there for me if you don't agree with my biggest life it choice doesn't that i'm matter. ever going to i don't have to agree it doesn't have to be there for you which is what i'm it trying does to matter. do. it doesn't you don't think that i should get married well i don't think you should get married but it doesn't mean that i'm not going really to support hurt you in LA why are you doing this i have to mom because i don't want to hang out with you like this
2: May Whitman. Oh, Oh, my God.
1: There's your M
0: word. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's the very best. She's
0: magnificent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good question. I I don't know that I know the answer. I'm going to make you guys go first. Can you support someone if you don't agree with them?
0: Well, using them as an example, I felt like I agreed with Sarah in principle. Mm -hmm. What she was describing made sense to my brain (laughs) that yes, I don't have to agree with everything someone does to be supportive of them. Mm -hmm. And yet if I were Amber,
1: you would not feel supported. No,
0: which I think is, so I'm not answering your question at all, (laughs) but, but I think that's the reason why it's such a good conflict because I get why Sarah thinks she's going to be able to walk that line. Mm -hmm. And why Amber is just saying you absolutely can't walk that line. And, and particularly with something like who I'm going to marry, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I've had friends in the arts whose parents or family didn't agree with their decision of what they were going to do for a living, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they'd like still paid for them to go to school and study it. Now, I think that would be so difficult to pursue what you're doing as the one who's unsupported, but I, I can at least see like, well, that's just your job or that's just your vocation. It's not like, I don't think you should marry that person, but I can't Mm -hmm. wait to be at the wedding. Why would you want that person at your wedding? That's interesting.
2: I also think there's a lot to unpack in the fact that like, it seems that Amber does really want her validation Mm -hmm. it bothers her so much so that like she gets so upset about it when she talks to her mom her brother it's interesting that she takes this stance of like well then that's fine i'm not i'm gonna do my own thing blah blah it's so clear that it does matter and so therefore it is also like up to Sarah to realize that and go like, oh, I shouldn't say these things. Like, I shouldn't say that, like, I don't support her, but I'm just going to go along with it. Like, you know, that she cares Mm -hmm. clearly she does. So on both sides of it, you get this kind of like unclear expectations from, from each of them of the other, you know, Like they're, they're not really saying what they want. I mean, very rarely do we ever get Amber saying like, I need your validation. Mm -hmm. She's usually like, I'm doing my own thing. Like, but she really does want approval. You know, she really does people want people on her side. She wants her family's approval. She wants the praise. So that dynamic is really interesting.
3: Yeah.
0: When I would think part of feeling supported is Someone who is rooting for you to get the things that you want. Mm -hmm. And Sarah just flat out said, I don't think you should get married. Yeah. But Amber does want to get married. So you support me. But if you had your way, I wouldn't marry Ryan. Mm -hmm. And
2: all I want to do right now is marry
0: Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. How do we square that circle?
2: Also, like, we know that Amber just does things anyways, right? Like, that kind of encourages her. Like, I always say this about my own husband that, like, the minute (laughs) you tell him not to do something, he will do it. Yeah. Amber is absolutely one of those people that, like, the minute you tell her not to do it, it, she's even more likely to do it because Mm -hmm. it makes her so upset that you're not supporting her in it. So yeah. that was interesting. I was kind of like, wait, you don't, don't you know your own
1: daughter? Don't say that. It's <laughs> the worst thing you could say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking of like various examples. Like, you know, we talked once before, like when my mom got married, I did not agree, but mm. I went to the wedding. Was that being supportive in a, in a way? You know, like, but if I had my way, she would not have gotten married um, to this person she used to be with. You know, so like, that's interesting. I mean, I think it depends on what support looks like, you know. Yeah. Um, Did your mom feel supported in that instance, if I may ask? I I think it meant a lot to her that I went. She knew that I didn't want her to get married the same way that, you know. But she
0: still wanted you there.
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's like kind of a complicated thing. And I mean, I think it's because on some level, my mom understood that she probably shouldn't be marrying him. Like, like, honestly, mm. like I, I, and I think that maybe the reason Amber wants validation mm. is I think totally. on some level, she knows this is maybe not Ryan a mistake, but like so soon while they're so young, I, I think that if she felt 100% secure that this was the right decision, then she would be like, mom will come around, you know? But I think the fact that she needs her mom's validation is is a little bit of proof that she doesn't feel so steady about this decision without her I mom. I mean,
2: that plays into this thing of like insecurity, right? Like uh, she, yeah. she wants so badly to say that she's going to do it her way, etc. But she would absolutely, and you can even see it on her face, When she says like, oh, we're just going to go to the courthouse and whatever, like you do get a sense that like, no, you're still very insecure about the thought of not including your family at your wedding, you know? Yeah. And I think she knows that if it were
0: 100% the right decision, her mom would be on board.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I think it's almost
0: like a sign of, okay, it's staring me right in the face. This can't be right. Otherwise, my mom would approve.
1: Yeah, because it's not like her mom is unreasonable or doesn't want her happiness. Because I think there are times when someone wouldn't approve and they'd be in the wrong. But I think Amber knows that's not what this is.
0: So Mm -hmm. I mean, and all kind of the idea of can you support without agreeing? I feel like we kind of had a version of that between Adam and Christina with her candidacy. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. he did not agree that she should be running. You're right. Mm -hmm. But he was saying, but I support you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm
1: and she didn't really feel
0: it felt half-hearted yeah yeah and the thing is i'm not sure well maybe now if he thinks she can actually win Uh, how did they get over that (laughs) i mean i remember that 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 episode when she was like this is going to cost a lot of money and i think maybe we shouldn't do it and he's like well now i have to
1: it's because she was talking about the cancer and like talking about how you know i still expect to see bald christina in the mirror and you know i think that Finally, she was just able to articulate to him how much this meant to her.
0: That's an aspect of marriage that from the outside, I find, I I feel like I would be afraid of it once I was married of, you know, people grow and change their whole lives. And what are the odds that you're going to grow and change either in the same ways Mm. or in ways that are still compatible with one another? I would worry about my spouse getting into some interest or something that I just could not sign on to. It's hmm. mm. interesting. Like, oh, what if they join a cult? Or
1: I, I, I That I does seem know. extreme. I, w- I really hope That's, Mark doesn't join a cult. I don't know what the cycle.
0: odds of that. <laughs> I don't know if I know anyone personally who's joined a cult. <laughs> or even if they're like, you know what? I found God.
3: Mm. God is really
0: important to me. Mm. And I'm going to go to church every Sunday and I want you to come with me.
3: Mm -hmm. Or
0: even if they didn't want you to come necessarily, that might be hard. Or or what if my spouse was like, you know what? I'm going to run for president. Yeah. I don't (laughs) really feel like doing that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't feel like being there for you every step of that journey. Yeah. But I guess... Whenever I imagine these hypotheticals, the big missing piece is who is this person and why do I love them?
1: This (laughs) cult-joining (laughs) president-elect.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I do have an actual question for the married people. Okay. After that disagreement that Amber has, she is telling Ryan about it. And Ryan's attitude is, well, let's just get married ourselves. Forget all of this mess. We're doing this for us. Mm -hmm. Let's just go do it. And it prompted two questions for me. The first is, why was it important for you, both of you, to get married rather than just being together for life? Mm -hmm. And was the timing of the marriage crucial to you? You know, I keep thinking Amber and Ryan should just stay together and get married later, like a year or two or three or four or five down the road. They don't need to get married right now. But maybe some people do feel like there's a specific time for it. So I ask those two questions to the married panelists.
2: (laughs) I mean, I think like when it comes to the timing of it, like for Aaron and I, we always say that we like we were together and then we like there was a writer's strike. We went dark for a bit and then we were picked up for another season <laughs> and, and then once that season started then it was like oh now we know mm-hmm. and so then like there was there was this moment of like oh yeah that seems like the next big step is mm-hmm. to to get married and as far as why is that the next big step i think like For us, it was the ability to just feel like we were starting a unit, you know, whether or not we have kids or not, like we wanted to feel like we were starting a family. And that meant sort of committing our lives to each other. But I certainly understand the, you know, the feelings of like, well, we can certainly just coexist together without it too. I think it's also... For us, it was important to have other people witness it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like, there's something obvious. (laughs) Obviously, we didn't get married in a church. um, (laughs) But like, there's something ceremonious about it that felt like we needed that, or not even needed, but we wanted that we wanted to stand in front of a bunch of people that we know and that we love, and say, like, we're committing to being together for the rest of our lives hope you like it, (laughs) you know, and it, and it was fun. And I think that, that was why it was just like, we, we wanted it to feel like the big step it was to, to sort of commit to each other and feel like we were agreeing to now move through the world together for the rest of our lives.
0: Yeah.
1: I love that.
2: Good answer. Melissa. Um,
1: (laughs) Well, I, I may have said this before, but I'm actually glad that we didn't get married when I first really wanted to be married because I don't think I was ready for it. I think that the reasons I wanted to get married initially is we started dating before my 22nd birthday. Like, you yeah, know, I was young. I was Amber's You're age. Amber's age. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... Although that's when you started dating. Right. Amber has but, been dating him for like a year. That's true. Yeah. Um, And probably after a year and a half, two years, which is in the Midwest, you know, when people start getting probably engaged (laughs) after that much time, I really wanted to get married. And it's not that Mark didn't want to marry me, but he did not want to marry me then. (laughs) Um, And. He also potentially maybe was fine with us never getting married, honestly. Like, I think we're married because it was really important to me. Like, I think he would have been just as um, invested and committed and dedicated, and we'd be like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell or something. Like, I think, (laughs) because he's not a traditional person, and I don't think, like, we we tell people that we've been together 18 years. We don't say we've been married 9, like because we count those first 9 as just as important if that makes yeah. sense. We yeah. weren't like ever not serious and we weren't we never took a break and we never like were seeing other people, you know. So yeah. to us it's like that's 18 years of commitment. And so to him the the marriage was a beautiful, wonderful day surrounded by friends and family, but it was not like to him, it's kind of like it was any other day. It was just a like really sure. fun, great, sure. beautiful day. But like, and I love that way of looking at it. And I think I think he's right actually. And I think the reasons I wanted to get married had more to do with insecurity, which is a the theme of this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I I wanted to be sure he wouldn't leave, which is silly because um, people get divorced, <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. and actually, I think uh, if we had married really young. It's a lot more likely we would have not ended up together because I think Mm. we would have been pushing it, you know, and I think because we gave it the time, that's part of why I think we're a success, which I don't know, because by the time I married him, it was no longer because I was worried he would leave or I wanted all the attention on me because I wasn't popular in high school and I never got to like have a boyfriend at prom, you know, really Very superficial reasons is why I wanted to get married initially, really. When's it going to be my turn? Everyone else is having their turn. When's it mine? By Mm. the time we got married, I knew what it meant. I knew exactly what it meant. And Mm. I was an adult (laughs) and not a kid. And so I think maybe those are the things Sarah is wanting for Amber. And Sarah Mm. is really knowing that because she also got married when she was a kid. And I couldn't help but remember that she also got married at a courthouse by herself without her family there, which is Mm. what Ryan is proposing to her. And I think you could totally look at Ryan saying that to her as romantic. I think you totally could. I think you could also view it as sort of a red flag that he's like willing to sort of isolate her from her family, uh, you know?
0: Yeah. When I was even... Not looking at it as romantic, but as super practical.
1: Yeah, that's mm. true too. Oh, if
0: all this wedding planning is going to cause all this stress, then let's just... But I, I don't think that makes it any less of a potential red flag. Yeah. Right. And I'm really glad you brought that up because it wasn't in the forefront of my mind. But it was one or two episodes ago where Sarah told her that. And how many arguments have they had where Amber says, I'm not you. Right. Ryan's not dad. I'm like, yeah. well, you're walking right into doing exactly what your mom just told you she did and yeah. you don't even seem to be aware of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This means like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Another red flag, but a beautiful scene, was Amber's conversation with Drew. You
5: know, you're my best friend. Most important person in the world to me. And... So um, basically Ryan and I have decided that we want to get married at City Hall. And so we want you to be our special witness.
2: Uh, why are you, why are you doing that? What happened to the wedding?
5: Um, we just didn't want to do it anymore. Like a big to do and like all this stuff, it just started to get like really stressful yeah. and mm-hmm. I just don't want to deal with it anymore, you know? So we're just yeah. gonna, we're just gonna okay. do it. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's exciting. Yeah? <laughs> when is it gonna be?
5: Um, probably like really soon, like, in the next couple of days.
2: <laughs> oh my god, everyone can make it?
5: Well, I mean, it wouldn't be like everyone. Just
2: family? Yeah.
5: Well, it would probably just be like us, like like you and me and Ryan and Pretty then- What about mom? What about mom? I mean, I understand. You
2: can't get married without mom there. Ever. I'm gonna
5: tell her like right after we'll have like a thing or something.
2: It's fine. Devastated. would You know she would care.
5: I don't care. Well, whatever. I don't care about mom because I've tried to plan a wedding with her and she's been really stressful about it and unsupportive and it feels yeah. like she doesn't even want me to get married anyway. So I don't even really want her to be there. Yeah. Cause it's not about her. You know, it's know, about it's, what I, I want. I know
2: it's not, it's definitely not.
5: What? What's your
2: problem? I'm, I'm here for you. I just, I can't do that.
0: I just wrote down. This is painful. I don't remember <laughs> it being this painful. <sighs> I, because I, I mean, I vaguely remembered this storyline, but that Amber is turning multiple places for support or validation or whatever, She's just not getting it anywhere. I feel terrible for her, but of course, I agree with Drew. Yeah. That would hurt Sarah so much. And I don't think Amber wants to hurt Sarah.
1: No. I also think Amber would so regret it. Like maybe more than Sarah regretted her parents not being there. Like, which is weird. But like Sarah has two parents who can sort of turn to each other in their disappointment at not being at their daughter's wedding. Yeah. But Sarah is the single mom who has made her children like her entire world. And mm-hmm. Drew is drawing off of that. I mean, I I really, really loved that Drew would not even consider it. And he said it so kindly. But I'm like,
0: yeah, that would take guts. I thought, oh, I'm my like, God, it would be yes. hard to, to tell your sister. Mm-hmm. I can't do that.
4: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And you can tell when she's telling him this that she knows, too, that like, yeah. it's just not what she wants. You know, no. like she already feels so uncomfortable with the idea. Mm-hmm. even even before asking him
1: she just keeps trying to make it right and she knows it's not i i really think that i think on some level she's like all of this is just confirmation <laughs> yeah
2: one of the <laughs> one of my favorite things in the episode in relation to to this is when she and ryan are talking about it and they focus in on her holding that carrot <laughs> and she's waving that carrot yeah. so fiercely and i thought it was like so telling of just like she's essentially saying like why does my mom care and and why doesn't she butt out and blah blah, blah. but it's like the way she frantically and physically is manifesting how uncomfortable she is mm. with sarah not approving yeah. is telling it's oh, just telling us like so much that like you you physically Are showing us that like it bothers you Mm -hmm. it doesn't bother you like that she is saying something to you it bothers you that like you don't have her her approval you know you don't you don't want her to butt out similar to the way like when she's telling drew this you can tell she doesn't not want her mom there she truly does and that's what's that's what's getting at the like the root of the yeah. issue
0: yeah what is she trying to make right like you know, like Melissa you said she keeps trying to make it right and it's just not then I feel like she's trying to save face or something mm-hmm. but I'm not being very articulate but I think she's I know trying what you mean. so hard to prove that she made the right choice yeah even though to who and why,
1: I think to herself.
0: Or, what's so hard about all this is I'm not convinced that Ryan is a bad choice. Mm-hmm. I just am not convinced that they should get married now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And.
1: I think they're pushing that it. That
0: is maybe the a hard, like, how would you convince Amber of that? Like, well, here's an example My sister, Jay, I used to not want her to marry her now husband. She and her husband dated for a long time. And I should preface this all by saying he is wonderful. And I'm so glad she did marry him. And he's a (laughs) a wonderful wonderful husband to her. He's an excellent father to their children. I was wrong. But when they first started dating, I felt like, I mean, I think my sister is top two best people I know, my other sister being the other <laughs> one. And I thought, frankly, he was kind of lackluster.
3: Mm.
0: Not bad, not not red flags of like, oh, this will be dangerous for Jay, or she will be miserable, or she'll be throwing her life away. Nothing like that. I just thought like, you can do better. Mm-hmm. It would be like settling or something. And I told her that at certain points, And when they were first starting to date, she sort of agreed with me, or at least said she did. She's like, oh, that's not where this is heading. Don't worry. Mm. And then at some point when it was clear that it was, by that point, I was just on board. Mm -hmm. So there, time solved my concern. Yeah. If she had said she was getting married then, I think I might have felt like, I really have to make my case. Mm -hmm. This is just not a good idea. But because she didn't get married then, by the time she had reached that place, any concern I had was a distant memory. But I don't know how I could have made that case to her then. You know, if Mm -hmm. she was getting married to say, Jay, put the brakes on this for a few years and maybe then I'll come around. Mm -hmm. I guess also then it's making it all about my opinion of someone else's thing. I don't know. It's just a very delicate situation. I don't, and I guess you don't know that those transformations are going to take place for sure. You know, what if he had not revealed all these great qualities that I just wasn't seeing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah. if it was just a, still a lackluster? Well, it kind of goes back to still. like
2: it goes back to like what Camila was saying as well to Sarah, which is like if they think it's right. They're going to do it anyways, Yeah. you know? So best to like find your way through it with them rather than lose being a part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, Jay and her husband were kids then as Mark and I were kids when we started dating, you know, it's, and I don't know how old Ryan is, but arguably Amber is a kid. I mean, I know technically she's an adult if she's 21 And I know a lot of people get married that young, but, um, you know, earlier, Caleb, you were talking about how much people change, you know, like you're worried that somebody would, would just change dramatically. I actually think that's a lot less likely to happen now. Like if, you know, whoever you, you will be with. (laughs) That's true. Because you're an adult and your partner will be an adult. And I think that's maybe part of the reason it's a little scary when people talk about Mm. getting married that young Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're not formed yet. Yeah. They they real they are changing a lot and it's a bit of a gamble that they will change with you, you know. Mm-hmm. Mark and I changed in a way that was compatible, but we weren't locked into a marriage. We could have broken up. In fact, I started to look at that after some time as like a weird strength. Like people would sort of say, it's really insulting things sometimes. Like, like God, is he just not sure that you're the right person? Or like, you know, what what are you waiting? Yeah, people were, right. yeah. Right. Because people have such limited ideas of what love looks like or like what the proper timeline is, et cetera, right. et cetera. And I bought Especially it. Especially for women, right? Right, right. It's just
2: like this expectation of like, there's a time period specifically when you get married, there's a time period specifically when you have
1: kids yes there's
2: specifically a time when you uh buy a house there's it's just like there yeah
1: and it's so ridiculous yeah but I started to like after a while when I kind of was able to like shut out the noise and just be confident in what I had I was like well in a way when people get married really fast they're like, well, why is this person even with me? Well, because they married me. <laughs> like, you know, like in a way it's almost like, well, they have to be, you know, quote unquote. I mean, I know that they don't, you you could get divorced <laughs> and stuff, but like, I felt like I was constantly reassessing why I was waiting, why I was with Mark mm. and just kept coming back around to like how exceptional he is and how lucky I was. And he felt the same way about me. And, you know, in a way it was like, kind of cool like we were together because we wanted to be and then by the time we got married it wasn't even a question I don't know like I was able to Mm -hmm. look at it in a good way but you know Amber and and Ryan they're so young who knows what's going to happen to them I think it's a risk to get married that young because you know like the Sarah who married like we see Sarah and Seth as adults and we see the ways that they are still compatible like they still have chemistry and they make each other laugh there's a connection there for sure but they obviously it was not, you know, tenable for like her to be married to an addict, um, you know, and, and uh, it just all these things that are red flags with Ryan, you know, like maybe if they gave it some time, he would work through them truly. But I don't think he has yet. Stuff like that.
0: When was it that Sarah said to Amber, it was not that long ago that you were in not such a great place? referring to her season two troubles, I think. Oh yeah. Mm. What prompted that? Was it her moving out or was it? Her... I think it was
1: her moving out. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I think mm. it was.
0: Cause now I'm just thinking in the grand scheme of life, that still was not that no. long ago. Like, Mm-mm. I don't know how relevant that is. And we're talking a lot about Ryan is Ryan ready. Has Ryan tackled his demons? That's not to say that Amber is conflict-free. Right. Sure. And I've said this before, but her devotion to Ryan oddly reminds me most of all of Damien hmm. from season one. Wow. And yes, everything about Damien and her relationship with him was much less mature. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think this is just the grown-up version of that. Wow. And not that much more grown up. Wow, mm. mom, I love him. He's the one, you know. That yeah. The same arguments she's just making them more articulately. Yeah. And I think there is much more substance to her connection to him. I don't mean to minimize that, but Amber feels so much younger in this mm-hmm. season than she did last season I when agree. she said, "You know what? She broke up with him at Christmas." Right for very wise reasons. Yeah. I don't think it's a contradiction in the show. I think it's a a nice thing to remind us. She may make wise decisions from time to time, but she is still learning Mm -hmm. how to navigate. She's still wandering down this road that we call life. That's the Boyz's World theme song.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Well, and it's not like growth is just a linear thing either. Yeah. Yeah. We backtrack and yeah
0: well eric you mentioned this wonderful scene with camille and i'm gonna insist that we hear it
4: <laughs> how's amber how's the wedding planning going uh-oh what happened <sighs> i told her i thought she was too young oh <laughs> how'd that go oh great really wonderful she's not speaking to me but besides that. And you're surprised. Well, yes, I'm surprised. I'm
5: surprised she wouldn't want my opinion. I mean, she's twenty one years old. Why can't she wait? She doesn't want to
4: wait. She's in love and she wants to get married now. What is that? What? Huh? I'm sorry. What?
5: That's, that's, oh, mother, it's not just like me
4: and Seth. It exactly is not like me and Seth. Like it's you not.
0: and Seth. It's exactly the, the same. No, it isn't.
4: How many times did we tell you, slow down wait? What's the big rush? Why do you have to do it now? Remember? What do you think we should have said back then? I know what I wish we'd said. What? Nothing. Because you were gonna be with Seth anyway. And because we said something, we kind of lost you there for a couple of years. And we missed you. Those are my choices. I I, I just stand by and, and, and watch her make a, a huge mistake or I lose my relationship with her altogether. Amber's gonna do what her heart tells her to do. You know, and maybe it'll be a mistake and maybe it won't, but you're gonna have to get out of her way. It's hard. Yeah.
1: It is, isn't it? It's wonderful
0: these kind of intergenerational things I think is parenthood at its best the show, yes, yes the parallels there and that they can have that kind of connection that Camille could say this thing to Sarah that I'm sure Sarah has known for a long time
3: mm-hmm. but she
0: couldn't relate to it in the way that she can now that it's mm-hmm. happening to her mm-hmm. and to realize this is what I put you through when I was a kid yeah it's amazing. I was also so fascinated by the fact that when Sarah is with Amber, she is upfront and she is adamant about comparing the situation to her own. Yeah. She says, I can relate that directly. That is interesting. This is exactly yes. like you're right. your father. And then when she's with Camille, she's defensive about it. Yeah. Yes. No,
1: this is not like that at all. Weird.
0: And yet I bought it. Oh, I and bought
1: it too. We contradict ourselves all the time, you know. It's like yeah. part of yeah. being a person, yeah.
0: And it's because she's, you know, no matter how old she is, she that's still her mom. Yeah, <laughs> was, you know, yeah. yeah about everything
2: very situational. Yeah. yeah, I
0: was also surprised that Camille could still sound that sanctimonious when she was essentially admitting to a mistake. <laughs> she was saying, "I was wrong," and yet it still sounded like. Well, I know everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny. I was going to say I didn't think she sounded like she was doing an I told you so though, like at all, like like That's true. I like I think it's cool that she's able to have these conversations, like that they are able to talk about such deep hurts from the past mm-hmm. in a way that feels really largely productive and healthy. Yeah, it's
2: it's so not Emily Gilmore.
1: Yes, it's the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Totally.
2: I think I love how she also Camille also says, like, maybe it won't work out or maybe it will. Yeah. Like we're 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 missing the I mean, (laughs) I know I know it's very difficult in those moments, but it's like we are missing the the possibility that it does work out. Right. Like just how you had said, Caleb, like time had helped that with your situation. Like it's possible that you experience that time while they're married, you know, so they, so they do get married young and Sarah does not think it was the best decision, but three years down the road, they're still married and they're doing well together, et cetera. And it worked out, you know, like there's something to Sarah thinking whether or not it is like her and Seth. It's like, if it if it is, then of course that's too bad. But if it, if it isn't, and that's what you're saying here in this situation that, that it isn't, then maybe it will work out. If it's so unlike you and Sam, then, <laughs> right. then maybe it will work out. You know, yeah. like you're not, you're not giving the you're not giving the opportunity for like the glass half full type of metaphor here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And just to play, what if, I think it's possible from the limited amount we know about Seth if he had somehow gotten his substance abuse under control mm. I think they could have had a very successful marriage
1: mm-hmm. sure
0: now that's a huge what if
1: but there wasn't like a lack of love there or lack of respect yeah I'd, i sure. i yeah. Yeah.
0: and not to chalk every problem up to that one issue but if somehow he had just been able to avoid that maybe Sarah would have been quote unquote right would have shown her parents and everyone who doubted and yeah Yeah. and ryan at least is aware of his potential pitfalls yeah Mm -hmm. that's true and is endeavoring to handle them Mm -hmm. and he has been upfront with sarah about that Mm
1: -hmm. well and i know that marriage the point is supposed to be like forever and so i guess if people get divorced i guess that means it quote unquote failed but I do think it's interesting when people sort of push back on that notion that because a relationship ends, throw out the whole thing, it was a failure. You know, like does Sarah regret marrying Seth and having these two children? Probably I thought should, that's where the know? conversation
2: was going with that Camille, where she she was gonna say, Well, we like got two incredible grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You know, like for you to say like that this was a mistake or that she's making a mistake or et cetera, even if it is just like you and Seth, there's an, there's an element of that that did work out. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: And you know what I can't believe I missed? What? What motivates Sarah to go talk to Amber at the end of the episode? I understood it intellectually, but I think I was almost too intellectual I think i was thinking oh well camille gave her this advice mm-hmm. and then she went and changed her mind but i think what we're describing about how she's relating to what camille must have felt then i think that's what changed her mind
3: mm. Mm.
0: i know how this plays out yes. <laughs> if amber goes and gets married without me because my mom just told me i was yeah. saying it wasn't the same and my mom said it was yeah and she was right. Yeah. So unless I want to feel like how my mom just felt, I need to go. It's like time traveling. I need to go back and I need to yeah set it on a different course. Yeah. Hey. Sorry. It's so early.
5: It's okay. What's up? Are you up? He's not up yet. Okay. He's still sleeping, but Wait, we were up late last night. But what's, what's going on?
4: I'm so sorry. you smarter than I was. You're nothing like me.
1: Perfection. I loved it so much.
0: I would love the fact that Ryan is asleep They have nearby, to whisper. And
1: mm. they
0: cannot speak above a whisper. There's <laughs> not really any reason for that. But I feel like it energizes the whole scene. <laughs> Makes it intimate. In a way, yeah. And just like crackling then. And, uh, and I, I mentioned earlier non-verbal acting moments. This was one when Sarah hugs Amber. Yeah. Her face behind <laughs> Amber's back. At least it said to me She's not totally sure she believes what she's saying Yeah Yeah. But she made a calculation And that this is what she needs to do And I loved that And when I watched it again I was looking for that moment Because I noticed it the first time And then they cut to Amber's face I don't know what I made of Amber's face (laughs) (laughs) It was hard to read But I loved it I was like this is messy And like Sarah said it's really hard and I just loved that <laughs> to Amber's face, she made a compelling case. And then as soon as she was out of view, it's like, oh, I hope that was right. Mm. And it
1: is because now Amber's not going to go get married in a courthouse without her, you know, like, and yeah. she didn't even know that Amber was considering that, which is crazy to think like that could have yeah. happened. That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I should say, another nonverbal spot that I just missed. Okay. But it was in the mendacious storyline. Ah, yes. It was Julia's little glance at her watch at the end of the scene with Ed.
1: I did notice that. And
0: I thought it spoke volumes. Like how long have we been here? Yeah, you could see her realize I have a choice to make. Do I leave or do I stay and let this go on even longer? And she Mm. stays. Yeah. Oh, Julia. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You hear that affairs are about like little decisions as much as big decisions. And maybe I shouldn't Mm. keep calling it an affair, but I don't know. It's interesting. But
0: even if it's not yet, and now we're jumping around, but here's an M word from my uncle Lyle. (laughs) Margins. That's right. Margins. (laughs) (laughs) Julia, even if you don't think of anything you've done up to now as an affair. And I, and I think there are degrees too. Like I, I think Julia could be cheating on Joel way more than she is. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course. You know, by, like, having sex with Ed or <laughs> with anyone. She's not doing that. No. And so I think this is better than that. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if she doesn't want it to go there, you're in the margins now, Julie. Mm-hmm. Get out of them. Mm-hmm. Step back. Set a boundary.
1: Just don't even go there. Although, did, did you guys see Marriage Story, you, that movie? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that scene where Adam Driver is telling Scarlett Johansson, you shouldn't be upset? that I slept with her, you should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Like the idea that that's Mm. actually more intimate in some ways than sex. Mm. Now I, I, you know, laugh with people all the time who aren't my husband and I don't (laughs) sleep with anyone who isn't him. uh, But I know what he means, you know, I I know what he means. Like there is something awfully intimate about the way that Julia and Ed laugh together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And in a way that's maybe just as, as heartbreaking, you know, to like, be that intimate with someone in a way. Cause you could make the argument that sometimes we put more, like I often think that like sex is both like made to be more and less important than it is. I don't know if that makes sense, but like the the way that we like talk to kids about like sex ed and you know, like even this idea, like when I was in youth group, you can do anything with, with, you know, someone, but not sex, not sex. You can, you can cry with them and you can confide your feelings with them and you can, you know, all these other like intimate things were like not as important as sex. Like, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, it's all this stuff that I actually think is more important than sex. Like you can sleep with anybody. Um, mm. you can't connect with anybody if that mm-hmm. makes sense now that would be mm-hmm. a very confusing youth group message um so i guess <laughs> i just simplified that shit down but you know what i mean like i think sometimes it's made out to be the end all be all and right. i think sometimes the intimacies of, of conversation that man that's just as powerful in some ways and mm-hmm. probably those kinds of connections could be just as much of a betrayal Having said that, I don't think they've crossed those lines yet. Like, I don't think that she's done anything that like is unforgivable. But I think if if you kept going, I mm-hmm. think I think you could have some conversations that would be just as bad.
0: Well, here's a good yeah. parallel. You brought up Raquel a mm-hmm. few episodes ago. Joel kissed Raquel. Yes. But to put Joel's relationship with Raquel up against Julia's relationship with Ed, even thus far. Yeah. I would definitely say Julia's behavior is worse. Yeah. Mm. I didn't get the sense that Joel really cared about Raquel. Right. Beyond a very superficial level. Right. Right. And the fact that they kissed that was a mistake Raquel made. Right. Yeah. Joel that stopped Joel it. was just there for it. His yeah, mistake was it. not
1: telling Julia about it right away, but I don't think, yeah. I think that's the only thing he did wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas
0: you said Julia is really connecting yes. with Ed. Mm-hmm. And if she's not explicitly telling Joel how much she misses work and stuff, those are very yeah. vulnerable Feelings that she is sharing with Ed and not with her husband. Yes, yes. And so it's not that much of a comfort that. Well, but they haven't kissed. Their lips haven't touched. That is true. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really interesting once you start to examine that. Like, what is true intimacy? I thought the episode was marvelous. Ah, yeah, magical. I what? Yeah.
2: I love. I love that they button the the episode with that scene too. Yeah. It's just like very, uh, this is oftentimes the way that I describe Parenthood as a, as a show, but they take like so many issues and topics and relationships that we have likely seen before Parenthood. Yeah. But they, they tell them so honestly Mm -hmm. that you're able to end an episode like that with it, with a scene that feels somewhat incomplete and somewhat unknown but also gives you a sense of comfort Mm -hmm. you know and that's like that's a special craft to be able to to do that without some sort of big big cliffhanger or some sort of bigger moment or louder moment like you said Caleb like they also put them in a situation where, like, they're whispering, yeah, and then, and then we just end the episode. Like, that's yeah, uh, you're in a special spot to be in when you can close an episode like that.
1: Yes,
0: definitely. I love that. And is this the third time that Sarah has convinced Amber she's on board? I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. I, they, it is. It is a little. So they keep having the same fight, and then. The same resolution. This mm-hmm. one did feel different. And to their credit, all of them have felt different. And they've all felt progressive. Like, yeah. That Sarah has to keep, sort of Sarah has to keep relearning what does support look like actually mean yeah. to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also can't help but think that doesn't bode well. No. <laughs> like, is it supposed to be this hard? Probably not.
1: No. Probably not. But I guess we'll find out next week. On Parenthood and... Parenthood pals. Okay, that was <laughs> very cheesy. Um...
0: Eric, always a joy. It so was so fun. I loved back. this.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I really, I it was wonderful to have you back.
0: Thanks for having me. Are you still blogging and all that?
2: We're still doing the blog, yeah. We're still uh, doing a little bit of that, doing a little bit of um, stuff around town, a little bit of influencing and Last night we went to like a Minnesota Opera Gala, their like uh, yearly gala. So that was cool to see and take in some live art for the first oh, time in love such a long time. You know, there hasn't been a lot of like in person fundraising going on. So,
1: yeah, well, that's wonderful. Where
2: can our listeners find you
0: on the net?
2: I am on Instagram at Eric, E-R-I-C-L-K-O-M-O. And then our blog is thecomos.com. Oh.
3: My
2: husband and I just do a little bit of lifestyle blogging and I have some things on there about music that I, that I listen to and like, and we write love letters to pants. We like, and- <laughs> Uh, Hawaiian food that we like and some recipes and yeah, it's a labor of love and a lot of labor is my husband's labor. So <laughs> I won't take any credit for
0: it. <laughs> I have a semi random question for you. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, we were talking about taking your spouse's name. We're not taking their name. Oh, yeah, yes. What name would your kids have and whatnot? And you took, your husband's name Mm -hmm. is that just because he has such a cool last name is there another reason
2: (laughs) well for one i wanted to take his last name or we wanted we for sure wanted each other to have the same last name just because like we again back to like us sort of the reason of of us getting married was like we wanted to be a unit we wanted to be sort of together and and a, and a family, we knew that we wanted to do that. And so therefore, like once we decided that, Aaron often jokes that like, you know, it wouldn't be the best thing for him to be Aaron Lair, because my last name was incredibly german and he is incredibly japanese uh and so it doesn't uh it doesn't make much sense for him to have the last name l-o-e-h-r um and so that was a quick decision and then you know the cherry on top is like he has a great fun easy to spell last name so Yeah.
1: yeah yeah i do love that name yeah. And the comos.com is a very nice uh blog name it just like, like great there's also works.
2: like uh I think it's I think it's tequila but there's like this tequila that's out there that's called como's mm.
1: tequila okay we're
2: trying to get a partnership is what I'm saying oh Com- yeah comos tequila <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect
0: <laughs> you know and you also just prompted me to Google a question that I didn't know the answer to which is, what do you call a man's yes. maiden name?
2: What do you call it?
0: Well, the first thing Google offers is birth name. Oh. Birth name is also used as a gender neutral or masculine substitute for maiden name. I actually yeah. think we should that's all use... That's better than maiden.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to start saying fight was my birth name. We should name. say that. Yeah. yeah. That's better. Maiden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for answering that random question. Yeah. <laughs> <course>. <laughs> It was something in our conversation, I don't think I even wondered what about same sex couples.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. It
0: also goes to show that there's this idea about a family name being carried on. And you don't ask that with a woman. Like, Mm. Mm. oh, well, the woman's name is now not going to be passed down to the children and that name will just end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I would think about it with two men Mm -hmm. getting married. Like, oh, well, now Lair, there's just your family line on your branch is just going to stop and that name just vanishes. It's like, um, Caleb, that's been happening for millennia with (laughs) women. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. And you
0: didn't think anything of it. Well, it's because it's so normalized. Millennia, but yeah, yeah, it's just,
1: it's just how it is. Like, so we don't pay attention to it. It's kind of like real quick tangent. I remember one of the coolest little moments in my teaching career was when a male student he, oh, he was such a sweetheart, too. He was not being snarky or anything. He was genuinely being curious. And he was like, I just don't understand why, like, policeman or fireman, why those are upsetting terms. Like, everyone knows what we mean, you know. And, of course, a woman could could be one. I just think people are, you know, so politically correct, et cetera. And mm. all I said was, I was like, well, if the default were, like, policewoman, And then, you know, you wanted to be one. And he was like, Nope, I get it completely like that. (laughs) like just instantly. He was like, and he wasn't rude at all. You know, he was just like, wow, I'm just so used to hearing it that it doesn't even sound sexist. But Mm. it is, you know, and it was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. It was a really interesting conversation. Often I think that's what will do it is just kind of flip it, you know. Mm. So anyway. Well, thank you for that and for everything, Eric. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, loved it. Um, Everyone, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're at Parenthood Pals everywhere. Speaking of names, that's ours.
0: (laughs) And you can always find us at our website, parenthoodpals.com.
1: Ah, uh, the M word. Oh, my. Wait, <laughs> one How more time. One more in. Yes, yes.
0: Until next time,
1: may God <laughs> <and live laughs> keep you always, and may may your wishes all come true.